Welcome back to the Hank Strange situation. That's Lifestyle right. Subscribe, thumbs up, ring the bell so you can be notificated on very nicely if you like notification and any other kinds of occasions. We are here and we are live. Gentlemen, can we see a, an It's Finally Friday jazz hands? Come on, do it. Do it. Come on, Clover. I know you don't want to do it. Yes. I hope you got your big girl panties on because we are live. It's finally Friday. This is the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. It's episode 439, yo, 439 here. And uh, we're calling it Maria Butina, what Russian spy chick has to do with the NRA. Because I'm sure some people, a lot of people probably don't even know who Maria Butina is at this point. I'm sure. I hope you guys do know, because because we're going to talk about it. So, it's a figure skater it. or a ballerina. I'm, I'm guess. <laughs> so one of the two, right? Yes, both. That <laughs> both. Was me. Sorry. <clears throat> what was you? What did you do? You were a figure skater. Yes, or I ballerina? was a figure skater. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I did the figure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk about uh, Maria Butina. And uh, what she has to do with the NRA, why she's in the news. If you guys don't know about it, go look it up right now. Go look up Overstock because the CEO resigned. You know, Maria Butina has been sitting in prison now for like about three months. That's the Russian spy chick. You know, we're going to talk about her. We'll talk about other things. But we've got special guests tonight here. And finally, we don't have Walter. We don't have Babyface. They're both off doing who knows what. Probably a romantic vacation together. Who knows right. what those guys are up to. But we do have, I'll go to CloverTech first. Boom. Look at him. Uh, Simon, uh-huh. you, you, Tony, you do not rock like this. This dude is, call, is coming Ballin', in live baby. from his private jet, Simon. Tony, Ballin'. I don't know why I'm I've calling a, you. Yeah. I've got to I've got to uh, shout out Richard Hughes, man. He helped me get her, get her back up and a running. private so. jet. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tony, Simon. You're not mm-hmm. coming from the private jet. You are coming from, um, look at, is look it at a this basement in New Jersey? It's This is Mr. Furley's apartment from Freeze Company. You don't know? <laughs> that wood <laughs> paneling looks familiar. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've had wood paneling like that in New Jersey. <laughs> That's New Jersey <laughs> flavor wood paneling that you got there. Exactly. <laughs> Redwoods so, from New Jersey. Yeah, not we from a jet. To make that. Yeah, not from a jet. What's going on with you? Uh, we just had the diversity shoot last night. It was amazing. Um, we had people from every background out. And what I decided to do, because this is the first one, if you can believe it, since 2015 that was directly after a mass shooting. So what I decided to do in this one is um, take the opportunity to have a conversation about how to have conversations. Okay. Okay. And and pretty much that's what it was about. It was not talking cold dead hands. It was not talking my rights and Molan Labe. It was actually talking about how to have a discussion with somebody as two human beings. But uh, introduce You're saying introduce, that when you're talking to your relatives or people you just met and you don't know, you can't say, from my cold, dead hands, bitch. You can't, you can't say that. And, and the sad part is I the like conversations to... have to be had in person because everyone <laughs> has an online persona. Oh. You know what I mean? And, and it's uh-huh. like, you know, you, you, it's like watching WWE wrestling back in the day. Like, they can't have a conversation. They're all acting. Uh-huh. But at work, 
at, at the dinner table, you can have a conversation and you can point out things that are illogical or not even followed. And, and that's what we were talking about. That's what okay. I, I made sure we talked about. And we also introduced, um, we had um, Sons of Liberty. <clears throat> and Sons of Liberty is actually a group of people trying to get community together as businesses mm -hmm. to get people to start going to small businesses and, and being part of small business just to keep that community going. Because if poop hits the fan, you're going to have your local store. You're going to have your local guy. You want to build that network of people, you know, because Walmart's going to get flooded and blown out mm -hmm. and, you know, and whatever's going to happen, but they want people to be, um, uh, what's the, what's the word? Self-sufficient. And mm -hmm. that's one of the things that, we've been talking about, and if you've been following my post on uh, uh, social media, I'm talking about the politicians and the media are pushing this, you're a victim and you're helpless and you can't do anything and government needs to pass these laws. And we're like, that's all a lie. Yeah. And we also had, um, talking about carrying in New Jersey, we have a group, CNJFO, and their whole thing is suing the state so we can get carry in New Jersey. And that's what they do. And they raise money and uh, take the money they donate from doing things like clay shoots, pheasant hunts, hog hunts, and they donate that money directly to Supreme Court cases that come out of Jersey. Yeah. So most people don't know about that. I introduced those groups at my events, and it was a lot of fun. And people started out shooting Henry Lever actions, which Henry donated to us, and in the night shooting 50 BMG from Barrett. So oh, it's, nice. it's a heck. Yeah, nice. See, Cover, man, what were you doing? Nothing. You know, Tony Simon was taking over the world. Where were you at, brother? My, hanging out in my jet with yeah, Rickers just, and Blow, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. You didn't invite anybody else. <laughs> just you you on the jet. Okay, whatever. Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton said he was only on that jet once. Yeah. <laughs> he was on Clover's jet it too, once. It was too hardcore yeah. for Bill, yeah. man. He if you put hang. on a black light in there, it's going to look crazy. He couldn't hang, man. The, the, the leprechaun jet's mystical, man. He couldn't, couldn't hang. It's, it's going to look like, it's gonna look like uh, what, Cheryl oh, Todd's dresses? Just no. a bunch of poke dots all yeah. through there in the black light. It's going to look like a box of Lucky Charms blew up in there. That's what, that's what it's going to well, look you know, like. You're talking, about, you're talking about, though, on a serious note, about things uh -huh. that people can do, and there is a rally in Pennsylvania tomorrow. So I don't know if oh, you're, you're aware okay. of that or if y'all are aware of that. So uh, tomorrow, I think, and, and Sunday. So uh, need to, whatever the Pennsylvania state organization is, I can't think of it offhand, but like Pennsylvania Firearm Owners Group or Gun Owners Group or mm -hmm. something like that. Okay. Um, Anyway, go look that up. If you're close, if you're in PA, if you're close to PA, go look, join in that. Um, help them out up that way for sure. Yeah. Um, if anyone is out there and you have more info on that, let us know. And we'll we'll spend some time talking about it here for sure, for sure. We'll do that. Um, also, let me just remind everyone, this is brought to you by Franklin Armory. See them down there. And also, smash the thumbs-ups as you're coming in here. Please do smash the thumbs-ups, share the video, comment, and all that kind of stuff. We'll try to get to, if you guys have things out there you want to talk about, we'll get to that also for anyone who has stuff they want to talk about out there. I'm sure there's lots of things, lots of things that the folks want to talk about on the Friday. People like to have fun here on Friday. Um, I've, have you guys been on on Friday before? I cannot remember. So you're going to have yeah, to I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. 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 I have yeah, fun so. every time I'm on, so it doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be a Friday. Yeah. It gets a little crazy on Fridays, though. You know, people like to get a little bit crazy. There's, you know, if the, if you just put a stripper pole in here, then it's, it's just total <laughs> debauchery. 
So, um, <laughs> are we, are we, who are we putting a stripper pole in for? Because if it's Tony, I don't know about that. It's going to be very interesting. Hey, you could, you could, oh, I'm not getting on it, but I'll stand yeah. around it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm broke, so I'll throw change at him. I'll make it hail. I'm sure he's been a bodyguard at, a, at one, two, or or two hundred strip clubs in New Jersey. Yes, I've worked actually at a strip club at the door, and that uh, was in North Carolina. Oh, enough. Okay, all right. There's 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 quite a few in New Jersey. Don't ask me how I know about that. Um, I, ne- I never. I I whatever. Moving right along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get yourself in trouble, Tony. Nope. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, I see Walter is out there. I see Walter out in the chat. Um, I don't know if anyone needs shout outs. If you do, let me know. I see Hootie Who is out there as well. So we got some dignitaries out there. You're usually um, hanging out in the chats, Clover. Yeah, uh, Occasionally. Yeah, at yeah, least for the cause, first hour. Yeah, causing trouble, fighting with people. Always. You know, trolling, trolling, and patrolling. You know, um, so if anyone needs any shout outs out there, let us know. But like I said, as you come in, smash the thumbs ups and we'll get into it. Do you guys want to um, do you want to just jump into this whole Maria Butina thing? Do you have you were you guys aware of this before or? You yeah, that all come on the radar sometime around the NRA meeting, didn't it? Yeah. It's been, been months ago where it kind of started. Anyway. Um, well, I think I think she came on the radar before that. Right. Because uh, her whole story this the, her whole Russian spy thing came out about a year ago, you okay. know where they where they said that she, they were kind of talking about her trading sex for influence and stuff like that, which I don't really think it is. I know she had a relationship with two dudes, but I think in the end it really wasn't that. And then she got charged. I think she pled guilty maybe three months ago to uh, what is that thing like being an unregistered agent. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Nice. Right. <laughs> like it's an NFL draft. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you come to America from another country and you plan to influence or try to influence anyone, you're supposed to register? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hey, I'm coming here to spy. Where do I sign up? Yeah, that's a law. So she apparently broke that law, you know. But it seemed to me, if you go back and look at her history, um, she came here. She, well, first of all, in Russia, they set her. This chick was living in Siberia. She was like, you know, a round the way girl in Siberia. Right. And then all of a sudden she becomes a pro Second Amendment activist in Russia. Not sure how you do that under Putin without Putin approving it. But she became that and she set up stuff and she was posting like all kinds of pictures with her and guns and stuff like that. Then she came over to America and somehow worked her way into the NRA, even to the point that she got the NRA to go to Russia to to go to a conference and stuff like that in Russia. Wait a minute. I can't get the NRA to come to New Jersey. Which no. is the same thing. Well, that's what I'm going to say. How does that, you know? Well, you're, you're making it right. You're making it hail, not rain. So that there's yeah. your problem. <laughs> <laughs> Make it rain Chub- on them. Chubby you rain. Chubby rain. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, though, I do get the NRA ILA here, but NRA uh-huh. itself, like new phone, who does? You need to get a Russian accent, man. That's what you're oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll work you, on it. You need to yeah. dye your hair red, get a Russian accent, you know? <laughs> My name is Tony. Nope, only in no. Indian, that's sorry. that's that's not the right accent. Yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> that was very I'm, bad. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to. You are not FBS Russia. <laughs> <laughs> Neither was FBS Russia. 
<laughs> well, yeah, yeah, we all know he's not Russian, but he did a good Russian accent, though. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah he was pretty good at that. So, yeah, what did you guys think about this whole thing when that initially came out? I don't know. Tony, you got yeah. thoughts? You want to take it yeah. first? Go ahead. Hit us with it. No, I just look at it as, why are we acting shocked? Okay, whatever. I yeah. mean, <laughs> it's like I, 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 80s. <laughs> we had spies all over. I mean, we know it. We have spies in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, every now and again, one gets caught. Oh, my God. Guess what? You have spies in your pharmaceutical industry. You have your spies in your communication. You have spies in your electronic. Oh, she worked with the NRA. So? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's in every organization, everything. Get over it. Whatever. They're trying to make it into something because it's bash NRA time. Well, I think definitely the scandal opened up the door to start looking at the NRA because that's around the time that a whole bunch of people started looking at them. I think up until that point, no one really wanted to go after the NRA, really, right? And then this thing kind of opened the door, but they saw they saw an opportunity to slip and slide her in there. I mean, this chick came out of nowhere, and I could throw up a picture here of her with uh, Wayne LaPierre. I could throw that up on the screen. Boom, right there. There she is with Wayne LaPierre. I don't know about you guys. I've been doing this like six or seven years. Uh, never met him or took any pictures with him. I don't really care to. I'm not really into the muckety mucks of uh, of NRA or, or anything like that. But but she was able to, to worm her way into that organization. Maybe they were wide open for that for whatever reasons. But that's on them. You know, I think that, yes, definitely there's people out there that used her to open that door and go after them. But it's on them what they allowed. And it's also on them all the bad stuff that they did that came out of that. Right. Well, it's always on them. But I mean, hey, listen, it's not like I'm an apologist for the NRA at all. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, I just hung up on them today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Robocalls. Oh, dude. Great. Uh, sometimes I have fun with them, though, when they tell me how important, you know, grassroots organizations are. I tell them about mine and I ask them to donate at DiversityShoot.com. Mm-hmm. Are you going to do that? Hello? Hello? Mm-hmm. Oh, so you're going to hang up on me. I-, I thought it was important for Second Amendment advocacy and grassroots. You mm-hmm. Ooh, almost said a curse yeah. word. Yeah. But uh, it's on them. I mean, whatever. Let them eat it like mm-hmm. everything else is going on that they do. Let them eat it. Let them fix it. Yeah. Why would they even be interested in second in the Second Amendment in Russia? Because uh, that be it's interesting, a huh? It's a feather in their hat. It shows what kind of spread they have and freedom loving people. I look at it as. Um, I How do they think thing. they were even going to get that feather? That's what I'm wondering. I mean, it just look. We're around the world pushing freedom around the world because anything is better than actually doing it here. Well, it's, I mean, look at, look at the Hong Kong situation, for example, mm-hmm. look at, I mean, there's a lot of, of things that go on in this country that, you know, other countries that are certainly less, less free and, and more tyrannical as far as the governments go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they know that that it comes to a point that the populace is going to become restless. They're going to, they're going to get tired of it. And, and so it's not unreasonable to think that some of these foreign governments would send people over here. Not to, not for espionage per se and spy versus spy Cold War stuff where they're trying to get secrets or anything like that, but just kind of figure out how politicians maneuver around certain things to figure out how organizations get off their ground and how they maneuver through different governments and that sort of thing. What what kind of propaganda? What kind of PR goes out to to people and what's the thinking behind all mm-hmm. of that? You know, it's it's 
don't know. It's, it's, I see it. It's possible. It could be more mm-hmm. of a research role than it is, you know, we're trying to bring down a government or we're trying to create some kind of, uh, and, and that's what with this uh, particular guy with uh, the CEO for Overstock, uh, his name escapes me. I read, I watched several videos and read. Yeah, I think it's today, Patrick Byrne. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Patrick, Patrick Byrne. And, uh, mm-hmm. He, um, yeah, I mean, he kind of alluded to that in most of the stuff that this was this big, you know, grand conspiracy that went all the way up to the top, and um, everybody was involved, and everybody was being looked at, and everybody's hands was dirty, and I don't know. He, the guy, didn't impress me much for a CEO of a company like Overstock. Uh, the way he seemingly fumbled around all the interviews and everything I seen. Um, I've got no reason to trust him any more than I trust her or, you know, the people that are uh, charging her with, with something or say they have evidence on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he seemed very nervous, but I think that also I, I could see that being normal because we just had a guy who was involved in a massive scandal that's still, you know, that's still rocking the world right now. And that guy was in custody in New York, and somehow mysteriously, even after the first time he tried to kill himself and he's supposed to be on suicide watch, he somehow mysteriously still was able to commit suicide. So I could see how that guy is kind of scared right now, you know. Uh, but he is the, the CEO of, or was the CEO of Overstock, and he was involved in other things. Somehow he got wrapped up with, with uh, this Maria Butina chick. Uh, to me, when I look at it, I think it's almost like what I saw happening with my friend Mike Deddy uh, that was involved in guns across the border, right? You know, he was he was in Arizona. He was a guy that sold guns. He had an FFL. He went to the shows. He did background check people and all that because he had an F, you know, he had an FFL. He had to do that. And he thought, oh, these guys are making straw purchases and taking them across the border. He went to the ATF. The ATF was like, hey, we want you to go undercover and sell these people guns. And he did it because he was trying to be a good guy. You know, so this guy seemed to me like he, you know, being a CEO, having the millions or billions of dollars, whatever it is, and the fancy cars and jets and all that kind of stuff wasn't exciting enough. And he wanted to be James Bond and do spy type of stuff. It wasn't, this isn't the first time he did it. If you, you know, if you look at those interviews, he said that he was involved in several cases that the government brought against people. But he didn't say what he did, and I mean, he, mm-hmm. there's, there's been that hasn't really come out, and who knows if it ever will, because that may be mm-hmm. stuff that's sealed and we never know. But you know, what did he really do in the past? I mean, yeah, you know, maybe he just got a look at some document, or you know, maybe put a tail on a specific person, just something yeah. simple. Whereas this is made out to be this really complex thing. I don't, I just yeah. don't. Like I said, yeah. I don't trust that guy anymore, and I trust the the next yeah. Yahoo. Right. Uh, I don't trust any people. Yeah. Government, corporate world. Right. Yeah. I don't trust anyone. I don't trust him. I don't trust the government. You know, um, I think there could be truth to what he's saying. He, so basically if, if, if no one's looked at that video, it's on Fox news. You can find it really easy if you look it up. I noticed the CNN is not really digging too deep into it right now because they were trying to push the narr- They were trying to use Maria Butina to push a narrative against the NRA and then against Trump for collusion with Russia. But what this guy, who's not a conservative, not a Republican, is saying that um, the government was pushing him in the direction of this chick because they wanted to use that to perhaps bring down the Trump administration or link the Trump administration to collusion when the time, you know, when the time came. So they kept trying to push that. 
And he was talking about a bigger picture idea. Like I mm-hmm. said, this guy went real wide with the conspiracy theory that he brought Obama into it and the Clintons into it and, you know, a, a whole host of people. Yeah, he definitely brought in Str- uh, Strzok. Is that how you say his name? Yeah. Strzok, I think, the guy from Strzok. the FBI who, who said he, he was going to— yeah, yeah. yeah. These we we saw these guys actually trying to do stuff, and he brought them up. And I think that you know, it. I know, I know. He sounded a little crazy, but what he's saying sounds reasonable to me because we saw it happen. They arrested this woman, right? They said that she was doing this stuff. They brought up the NRA. If you look at any of CNN's news from a year ago all the way up to three months ago, when it's in relation to her, they bring up the NRA every time. They bring up Trump every time. But now what he's saying is that these people kept pushing him in that direction because they want they wanted to make sure that this existed out there, you know. And we're talking about like Stork was is was the guy who was texting his girlfriend saying, "Don't worry, we can we'll bring these guys down, right?" So, I mean, to me, I don't I don't trust anyone, man. I think it's the same thing with the take it letting the guns go across the border. It's the same kind of situation we wound up in. They were like, yeah, we're going to let these guns go over there and, and we'll follow these guys and we'll arrest people. And none of that ever happened. But what happened is a lot of guns went into Mexico. Lots of people died over there. People died on our side. And there were people that try to use it like as a thing of why we have to get rid of guns. Um, I still remember that they were saying thousands of guns are flowing across the border from mm-hmm. American gun shows. Mm-hmm. Then when it was found out that it was an ATF operation, Fast and Furious, they were like, well, only 100 guns went across. Uh, that's, we yeah. Are. yeah. And then it became, well, 800 guns went across. And I'm like, so you went from 100 to 800, but it was thousands. And by the way, one of the people killed was Border Patrol Officer Brian, Ter- uh, Brian Terry. Mm-hmm. Um, it really hit home for me when that happened because – as I learned about his story, I come to find out we were both in the Marine Corps at the same time. We were both stationed at Lejeune at the same time. Um, same years and everything, and that's where I worked at the clubs at. Mm-hmm. Worked at two different clubs. So pretty much there were only three places Marines went. So more than likely, I worked the door when this kid came in. Mm-hmm. I was I was going to leave the Corps, move to Texas, and join the Border Patrol. Okay. What happened is um, my dad called, asked me to come up to Jersey, help him with the family business, and that's what I did. Mm-hmm. But my whole thing was I was going to move to Texas and go to Border Patrol. So I was just looking at like how our paths may have crossed. Mm-hmm. Parallels. Yeah. And this is, this is just – and I found out about this through a sister mm-hmm. that I met on Facebook. So this whole Fast and Furious thing is really personal to me. So when I'm talking – I mean – it's only personal because our lives ran parallel. This dude lost his life, and we had a common background. Mm-hmm. And I look at it like they lie. You cannot trust them. Yeah. The guy who reported the straw purchases went to jail. <laughs> he was the FFL that said, there's a problem. He turned the ATF and the authorities onto the problem. They asked him to work on the problem, and then they locked him up, and he lost yeah. his uh, well, I don't know if you – that's not Mike Daddy. Mike Daddy never got locked up. He he Because he kept oh. records and stuff like that, 
<laughs> they tried. <laughs> I, I re- no, I read yeah, the interview with him, yeah. and he was talking about he kept records and everything. He even recorded yeah. stuff in yeah. his own apartment. Yeah. Yeah. In his house. Yeah. They had him doing yeah. these deals out of his house and stuff like that where he actually still lives. And just him – but he wasn't the only one. There's, uh, there's very many people that they had doing this thing. You know, and so the government that's trying to say to us, we need to we need to oversee you guys. You can't handle this. They were just willingly letting these guns go over to Mexico. I mean, how many people can we credit with those guns killing over in Mexico? What, 10,000? Uh, you know, it's a lot of people, you know, a lot we, of people. Yeah, we lost people and, here, which is tragic, but they lost a lot of people. And my question was always when I first heard it, I'm like, how do you track a gun? Like, yeah. like how, uh, like, I mean, if you know firearms, you know, there's an extra part in your AR. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. What, what is yeah. this thing? Well, that's where you the know? spy stuff comes in because they had him convinced that they could put little devices. Like, um, if you read his, his book is really interesting. Um, I've, and I've also had him on this podcast for anyone who's interested. You could go back and you, I don't know, it's going to be somewhere in the early episodes, but so, for example, uh, he sold AKs, sold a lot of AKs to those guys. And they, um, they were convinced that they could put these little tracking devices in the buttstock of an AK and, and track that. But they could not track these guys past the guys driving away from his house. They couldn't do it. You know, how are you actually going to power this tracking device? So you can think that you're going to do it, but there's no actual way to do it. And that's what happened with those things. All of those guns walked, went across the border. No one has any clue about those things until uh, it's found here that it did something to someone here on this side. You know, and, and, and I think that there's lots of stuff. That's what makes me believe, of course, someone in the government could go, yeah, let's let this thing keep going with this Russian chick. And because, you know, it, it could get interesting. We know who she's who she's dealing with right now. She's dealing with the NRA. She's dealing with she was trying to, like, uh, get through to um, Trump Jr. or Trump himself. You know, she's actually on video asking Trump a question at uh, some kind of gathering, I think, like a libertarian uh, gathering in Las Vegas. Right. So they're like, yeah, let's let this go. Why wouldn't they tell people? Why wouldn't they? T- why wouldn't you tell someone running for president? Hey, do you know you have a Russian agent trying to connect with you? You know, you might you might want to be careful there. Why wouldn't they tell the NRA? Hey, guys, there's a Russian agent trying to infiltrate you guys and do stuff with you. We're putting you, you know, on warning because some something in there, they were like, yeah, let's let this go. Because we can use this and we can use this as evidence. When you look at this whole Russia-Trump collusion thing, I'm not trying to defend Trump, right? Not trying to defend him. Um, but when you look at this whole thing, there really is no evidence. But this is one of the things that they use to keep that whole fire burning. Mm-hmm. You know, And that's what you have to think about. And when, and when it comes to the NRA, it's the same kind of thing. I, I agree with you, Clover. I think that, yes, people all around the world should have their Second Amendment rights. Everyone should have that. But what, you know, and so for people to be interested in America and what we're doing and how we got our rights and all that, that's good. Um, That came out of a lot of bloodshed, by the way. So no one ever gives you freedom. So that's a thing you definitely have to fight for. But what what's um, what's the NRA's interest in that? 
And from a year ago or more than a year ago, when we go back to the elections and things like that, what was their interest in that when we were hoping that they would fight the bump stock ban and do all these other things? Well, if you if you go on the premise of what I was talking about, it's simple what their, their interest is, money. So that's potentially a whole other market. I mean, if they start the uh, – the, the Russian Rifle Association okay. or whatever, I guess it might be, right? Right, right. The same thing they want to get from money. us then, you're saying. It's money. It's all, it, with them, it always comes back to money. Yeah. Well, could it possibly be the other way around that Russia sends somebody over here and try to figure out how do you start something like a Second Amendment organization, but get into selling, you know, wine and cheese and insurance and all the things that the NRA had their hands into besides actually fighting for the Second Amendment. I don't like, know. I don't know if Russia it? was actually in interested words, in that. In other words, <laughs> hey, in other words, hey, figure out how to set up this organization <laughs> so as the Russian government we can use this to cash in, make mm-hmm. money. Yeah. Make money off of something supposed to be Second Amendment, but they're calling you to say, oh, hey, to bamboozle would you like their own people. Wine club? Yeah. Would you like to join a wine club? Would you like to, <laughs> when you die, give me money, give me your money after you die? And it's we'll Russia. They plot. already get all your stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. Right? It's, it's, it's ridiculous, dude. Yeah. Spying is spying. And I mean, yeah. with the political connections that the NRA has in every state, why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. It's every state. And mm-hmm. and they go through every administration, and they stop things from happening in anti-gun administrations. I mean, how many yeah. anti, how many gun laws did, did um, Obama get passed compared to what's been happening since Trump's been in? Mm-hmm. So hey, maybe if you're studying American politics, that is an organization you look at. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Like, but I, you know, with the Obama thing, I think it's very very unfair to the uh, gun culture community, Second Amendment culture and community at large to put most of that weight on any political organization because I think we really came together during that time in a way that we haven't since. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the, the biggest catalyst. Now, that may have been Bolden said organizations to do more. But again, you get back to without the people, you've got nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not about what actually happened. It's about how it looks mm-hmm. and what and, and the narrative of the NRA itself. Oh, yeah, they'll take credit. I agree with that. They're going to yeah. take credit for whatever That's they can take credit me. That's how the they NRA do what they do. Help. The NRA wasn't with me in 2012 when I was working my ass off. Mm-hmm. NRA wasn't with me at all in 2015 when I started my thing. So trust me. Yeah, I know it's us. It's mm-hmm. always us. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I think ultimately for me, like if you guys remember, um, you're all on social media. Do you remember that time frame when there was a bunch of hot Russian chicks trying to be your friend on Facebook? Do you guys remember that? Or yeah. is that just me? Because I'm sexy. Has that, has that ended? Uh, <laughs> no, well, it's not. It's not, still going. <laughs> I think I got one the other day. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, still going. Exactly. That's ba- This is basically an outshoot of that, I think. I think well, the, that they, the NRA friended her, and they were like, oh, wait, this is a big group. With us, they're just trying to do it virtually, right, with hackers. With yeah. them, they were like, oh, wait a second. These guys are responding. Let's get a person on the ground over there and see what we could do. Yeah, we were continually saying, what, not today, ISIS? That was the thing we'd post up when somebody... Yeah. 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 You know, but but this was a for real one, and it always looks interesting. Look, it's the way of the world, right? People say that women have no power, but they do have power. You know why women have power in the world? Us, dudes. (laughs) Yeah, we respond to that, right? (laughs) You know? (laughs) So... 
Yeah, Trust exactly. <laughs> so, so you know, they knew this was going to be, this is someone they would open the door to better than any of us who are here in America. We've been doing things for years. You could easily vet these guys and see what they're up to. It's just not as interesting. They responded, right? They took the bait and they got her in there. And yeah, maybe they were looking to see how can we influence people. And definitely the NRA, when you look at everything that's come out of it now, the things that we're seeing now, hey, they gave Trump like 54 million to help him get elected. You know, um, so there was definitely money going through there. I don't know that that money came from Russia. I think a lot of that money came from us. This is what we're seeing now is what they were doing with the money that we were sending them thinking, hey, this is the one big organization that's fighting for all of us. You know, let's mm -hmm. fund these guys. Whereas now I think I don't know where you guys are at on this, but I think a lot of us are thinking we don't really need one big one big mega organization that we're better to have many of them. Mm -hmm. And I'll go I'll go further than that to say that the actual political fight and the political side, we need less focus on that and more of what the NRA actually still is doing today that started out doing and still is doing today, which is the stuff Tony's doing, which mm -hmm. is the stuff I'm doing and a lot of other people, which is, you know, the day to day real life outreach in our mm -hmm. communities, the stuff that really affects society, um, things that are not even particularly firearm related. But you, the dirty you work, the, the, the street related, work. Yeah, you roll the firearm related and the two A into, you know, getting out the vote into making people uh, more responsible in general, more frugal with their their money, mm -hmm. um, just a, a better society overall, right? And you know, I, that's the efforts that I see that are potentially going to go by the wayside if you know the nra crumbles that we're mm -hmm. really going to have a problem with there's a lot of people out there that, that have got their head in the sand and want to ignore 150 years uh, of societal impact at the community level that the nra has has put upon us and is still doing thankful to rank and file volunteers out there yeah one person uh, at a time type of stuff and yeah. also mm -hmm. yeah the nra ila i'll go ahead and put it out because i'm friends with a lot of the people from the grassroots those people believe in what they're doing. You have to believe in what you're doing. If you're flying from Washington State to uh, Virginia to Montana to Texas in a week, I mean, this is some of the stuff those guys do. So, yeah, they're doing good work. They're still every state has NRA chapter. Understand, living in Jersey, trust me, I hear it all the time. The NRA doesn't do anything here. The NRA has rep that lives here. Mm -hmm. The NRA rep lives in Jersey, is in Trenton all the time. Mm -hmm. We have a state organization. Everybody wants to throw the baby out with the bathwater because that's what the Internet is saying right now. No, mm -hmm. the NRA got some stuff they need to fix, but believe me, there's still work going on. Um, somebody contacted me today and go, Tony, I really trust your opinion about this. My NRA membership is up. Mm -hmm. Should I renew? He said, mm -hmm. because I have doubts about the NRA. And I was like, I do too. I was like, but I just signed another five years with them. I was like, but... If you did. my thing was up today, yeah, mm -hmm. I okay. did at uh, the last NRA uh, convention. Oh, okay, at the last, uh, yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at the last show. Um, but uh, trust me, <laughs> if I'd have waited a week, <laughs> it might have been questionable for me too. Right. But um, I said, look, I'm an optimist, but I'd only give him one-year membership. Mm -hmm. I need to see something happening in this next year 
Mm-hmm. And and then I determined I'd be like, you know what? There's a local organization to get my money. Um, another 2A organization can get my money. If the NRA doesn't do something to stop this hemorrhaging, get rid of useless um, um, board members, get on board, actually started being Second Amendment advocacy as their prime directive because mm-hmm. it doesn't seem that way. Well, I think it's like what Clover was saying. There there were people doing that. The actual people that were there working every day like you, Clover, you know, all the other folks who are out there doing things. I think the folks who are doing things on social media or whatever, right? You know, everyone was out there doing stuff and supporting them, but they got so big and bloated that they started looking for the sexy, exciting things to do because they had all these people down here on the ground level doing things. Well, those people, those are human beings. They're still there on the ground level. They can still keep moving forward. They can use the NRA name or the names of any of the other organizations that are out there right now. Um, and, And there's there's a lot of them looking to fill the void. What what do you guys? Uh, I'll start with I'll start with Clover on this one. What do you guys think is the future of all of this? What do you think we'll be looking at so far as the NRA and these other organizations here in the next like six months or a year? Well, I've actually had you know Tim Knight. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm guessing Tony does too. Yeah. And of course, yeah. obviously Alan Gottlieb. Who doesn't know Alan? Um, they actually had a comment uh, or conversation uh, involving them about some things, and uh, we're going to really go after this at gun rights policy conference in september Um, but just know this that for everybody out there there are organizations that are working on ideas of a backup or a backstop if you will or whatever uh to to the nra the problem that you're going to run into and and we all recognize it we all know both of you on this panel here is if i said guess what the problem is Mm -hmm. money um, that's the so, universal so, problem. Yeah. Sadly, mm-hmm. is is that going to be when they start putting those efforts in play? Mm-hmm. Is that going to be something that everybody out there is going to be able to recognize and support if they're only able to put that in play in a couple of states to start off, mm-hmm. you know, and slowly build up? Or is people out there do they have this um, unrealistic expectation? that just one of these organizations is going to jump out there and bam, have a duplicate copy, you know, pretty much of what the NRA is doing now. And if that, if you think that, then you have a profound misunderstanding of, like I said, the not only the history of the NRA, but the structure of the NRA, the way everything works, and currently what's actually going on with the NRA. I've seen a comment out there, don't remember who it was, mm-hmm. that said something about thank you NRA for the NFA. And... The NRA at the time the NRA NFA was enacted was not the same organization we know now and even over the not, not the past few decades, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you go back and you read and, and uh, read novel idea for people out mm-hmm. there, but if you go back and you can get this online, if you read the committee hearings and stuff uh, or sur- surrounding the NFA when that was enacted, they brought in individuals. That were a part of the NRA, but the NRA didn't didn't back the NFA as an organization. Mm-hmm. They had some individuals that went in there and said some really iffy, off the wall things, like individuals sometimes will do. We all have our niche. We all have our things we care about. Everyone has their about. agenda. Yeah, don't care yeah. About. Mm-hmm. absolutely right. Mm-hmm. They went in there. They said some things, put their foot in their mouth, said some things they probably shouldn't have, and so that gets pinned on the NF NRA as a whole, and. Well, I agree that 
they were called to Capitol Hill to testify back then because of their connection with the NRA. They should have been more careful. It's really hard to pin that square on the shoulders of the organization itself. Mm-hmm. And it's also leaving out a bunch of facts that happened because it was supposed to be a $3,000 fee, not a $200 fee for a tax stamp. Uh, handguns were supposed to all be also be included. I mean, it's 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 picking at little things. And, mm-hmm. and understand this. The NRA is at the table all the time because you can't be a part of the conversation without being at the table. So, yeah, New Jersey. Oh, well, our NRA helped write some of this legislation. NRA helped guide some of that legislation because either you're going to have people that think everything has a 30 caliber magazine clip with a shoulder thing that goes up. You're gonna the, double have barrel, the double barrel 30, <laughs> 30 caliber yeah. Thing clip. Man. Yeah, did she double down on that or what? Uh-huh. But, um, it's, it's like you have to be at the table for the discussion or you get ignored. Um, do I think they failed? Yes, but the NRA, even it, and I love this one. This this really gets me. Was it the Mulford Act? Oh, the NRA was behind the Mulford Act. NRA was not involved in Second Amendment politics as a defender of Second Amendment politics back then. And yeah, that was the status quo. Uh, there were a lot of freaking uh, Democrats and Republicans that weren't down with a bunch of brothers walking around with loaded guns, stopping the police from abusing people. But most people never read further than that. How's this? Do you know what happened to the representative who the bill is named after? He was a Republican. Mm-hmm. He's a Republican trying to cater to Democrats in his district. He lasted one more term and never was in politics again. He was out. Okay. He lost his seat. Well, nobody ever talks about that. Yeah, Ronald Reagan was the governor. Ronald Reagan is a douchebag, as we're finding out, what, calling people monkeys and whatnot. But uh, it, it was both Democrats and Republicans, and it was overwhelmingly Democrats that voted for the Mulford Act. Mm-hmm. It was not a Republican thing. Yeah, it's often the it's often the people, the the zeitgeist of the people, right? The the way that the people feel and what they want that happens. And then when you look at it from a history point of view, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. from from high up in the sky, you see you do see uh, the big organizations. You don't see the people. You know, the Nazis were not just Hitler. That dude wasn't out no. there rolling around by himself. There were lots of people, lots of countries, people here in America that supported him. You know, this is this is how things go. And then to, to the point that you're saying about the NRA being at the table, when this stuff is that's going on currently here with the red uh, red flag laws, we're not out of the woods on that. But who does Trump talk to? He talks to the people who gave him fifty four million dollars to get elected. You know, he doesn't reach out to like GOA to talk to. He talks to LaPierre, right? I mean, yeah. this is just a reality of that. Unfortunately, maybe we feel like he does like he doesn't represent us. The problem is if the NRA has five million members, how many of them do you think are like us? How many of them are even on the Internet? No, um, no, they're not, because a lot of ways they got all of those members is, is through just a lot of different things. I mean, at one time, and this is only because someone told me this, that Taurus, every time you bought a Taurus handgun, you became an NRA member. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and, and they're not the only company that did that. And no, people aren't aware they bought a gun, man. They don't care about all the rest of that stuff. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is this. The good part about the NRA being in the news is all the people, oh, well, F the NRA, F the NRA. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. What organization did you join? Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, no. 
join something. Mm-hmm. Become a part of something. If you're going to pop snap, do the work. Mm-hmm. Don't just talk about it. Be about it. I'll mm-hmm. take that. I'll take that even further. Don't just break off some cash and think you're done with your responsibilities for protecting the Second Amendment. You've got to put in the work as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Period. 100%. Everybody listening to this has the capacity to do something. You don't got to do what we do. You don't got to put in the hours that we put in. You don't got to spend the money that we put in. You can do something. You can do something in your community. You can do something in your your kid's school. You can get something out there. You can do it. Every one of us as gun owners can be an ambassador for the Second Amendment. We can help this grow. I'm not a... Believe me, I don't want anybody doing what I'm doing. If you can't afford it, if you don't have the time, if you have other responsibilities, no, this is not for you. But you can still call your representative. You can still call your governor. You can still write them a letter, a physical letter, because, man, does that scare the hell out of them. Mm -hmm. Today's age, when you can text something, you pulled out a piece of paper and a pen and wrote them a letter. Oh, you mean that. Or you go, or you go, you go face to face. You go to those town halls. You go to yeah. your your state capital. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. A lot of these people are on a local level, right? Ultimately, the Congress people, even the senators, have to come back home and get elected. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think about, you know, you think about something like, uh, think about something like this. Think about it in the in the context of maybe termites, right? Mm-hmm. What's some easy things you can do? You got termites. What do you do? You just sweep them up, right, and throw them out the front door. Well, that's social media. It's quick and easy. It really involves nothing. But in, at the end of the day, what has it done? Not a whole lot. It's it's maybe helped for a day or two, you know, until they come back or till they multiply, mm-hmm. you know. And then it just goes on about chain. What can you do? Well, you can rip all the all the wood out that's you know the termites are in, and you can throw that away, and you can replace that wood. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Until you put in the work to do all of those things, including tent that house and exterminate yeah. and get rid of all the bugs, yeah. root them out. Nothing's, nothing's going to change. Yeah. And and the equivalent of tenting that house and getting rid of those bugs is is showing up and mm-hmm. and being face to face with them and say, hey, dude, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, uh-huh. explain to me exactly where your your thought process is. Explain to me exactly where in the Constitution you think you've got the power to do this uh, and go from there. That's the thing it's I think not- that really jogs them. I've seen it with my local guys here when they have human beings <laughs> looking at them eye to eye going like, you said you were all about the Constitution, right? <laughs> Show me where that's, you know, show me where that is. So, you know, let's look at the Second Amendment. What happened? You know, what were you thinking? That messes them up because they don't know how to actually deal with that. That's old school, like what they used to have to do before social media and and the media in general was around. It's really easy to to dodge and deflect drive-by attempts. And by drive-by attempts, I mean social media. I mean commenting on their stuff. Heck, most of these these politicians, and not just politicians, but you know, we, we're talking about also organizational leaders and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Most of these, these higher-ups, be it in the corporate world, organizational world, or the political world, they have aides and stuff that's looking mm-hmm. at their social media and answering that. You're not even, they, they have no idea you even commented. Mm-hmm. So if you write that letter, hand, and I'll teach people how to address envelope. I know my kids didn't get that in school. So if you're having trouble with that, get a hold of me. I'll teach you how to do that. That's um, not a joke. I mean, it's an know, actual skill. <laughs> no, yeah, I, 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 I promise I you. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, write them because that, that maximum effort will yield maximum result. That's just the way it works. Mm-hmm. Okay. Something I want to tell you guys. A lot of people might not know it. 
NRA ILA, go to their website. They have grassroots classes all the time in every state, man. And and uh, F the NRA. No, go there and learn whatever they have to teach on how to be a grassroots organizer, how to be an activist. Learn from them. Learn on their dime. Eat their snacks. Also, they're usually at a place like Bella's or, or a gun store, so there's something for you to do there. But go and be a part of that and pick up. Dude, use assets. Use the assets that are available to fight for your rights. We have social media now that you can advertise that. That's what I do on my show. Mm-hmm. On my podcast, if I know one's coming up, I'll announce anywhere in the country that an NRA, ILA, grassroots meeting is. Why? Because people often ask me, how do I get involved? Well, this is a whole day set aside just to help you get involved. Use it. You don't have to join the NRA, but you can join use your NRA's material. You can use their resources, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, look, we're living we're living in a brave new world. Here's the problem for us. It's the the same problem for the manufacturers. So if like I I think you guys were saying money, right? Where's the money in the in the gun world, in the pro 2A world? If you want to start at the top of the food chain, it's the manufacturers. They have tons of money. Um, I was looking at this CNBC article about uh, the business of the NRA, et cetera. The companies that actually report on the stock market, like I think Sturm Ruger, uh, even though they were down 25% with something like $600 million last year, right? So those guys have the money, but they're just as backwards. All the, all the way from them down through the NRA, down even to us, we're not catching up to the things that exist. And then we're fighting people like Bloomberg that has billions and they are using the technology and they are actually going out there and employing people and funneling money to lots of different people so they're well organized and we're not using the tools that exist in the modern world to fight this back every day and we can we could we could actually do it and we could be millions of little tiny you know pro second amendment organizations out there kicking ass every day like little cells right and they can't they can't get all of us they can't take us all down Right. I think and the absolutely. problem with the firearms manufacturers is they, their agenda is not Second Amendment. Their agenda is selling their brand. Um, and, and we've seen it multiple times. We saw it with Smith & Wesson back in the day when they tried to cut a separate deal. We saw mm-hmm. it with Colt. We saw it with Mossberg. We saw it with Ruger. Bill mm-hmm. Ruger himself uh, uh, with the 10-round magazine limitations and everything else he did. These are manufacturers are trying to sell their brand and do their thing, and they're not jumping on this bandwagon. And they still have their heads up their butt about how effective social media is. They still think it's a fad. I mean, heck, up until when was that thing? <laughs> I'm laughing because collect? that's not a joke. It's true that they really think like that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. How yeah. crazy was it? And, and I know you have issues, but, mm-hmm. but understand that first gun collective that was at the NRA meeting. Mm-hmm. When the NRA was like, what are 700 people doing in this one room? What do you mean? What is it's the Internet heard of it? It's YouTube. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? They're still trying to buy ads in the back of uh, uh, magazines and stuff. And it's like, yo, dude, that's past. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gun bunny thing is past. How's this? Jump on a Second Amendment bandwagon. Get involved and start hosting some stuff that has nothing to do with just promoting your brand, but fighting for the second. You have the money. Mm-hmm. How How is it other companies are coming in virtue signaling? And Levi's is talking about, oh, we're not going to deal with it. Well, why can't Smith & Wesson go do what Barrett did? Yeah, Barrett was like, look, um, if you ban a 50 cal in California, your law enforcement can't have a 50 cal in California either. Yeah. Well, there's, okay, do- so there's a, there's a difference. Do you want to know what the difference is? 
So the people that run Levi's, they really believe what they say they believe. Where I'm not happy with it. No one else out there is happy with it. Mm-hmm. They really believe that they don't like guns. They want to get rid of guns. They want to change the Constitution. They believe that, and that's why they're pushing that. The problem with the big gun companies, I'm not notice I'm not saying all companies out there that are in the firearms industry, but, a pro- but the problem with a lot of the big ones is the people who actually run it, and some of them it's generational, right? This company's gone down through generations or through corporations and being sold and resold. The people who are really running it, they don't believe this. <laughs> they, don't, they don't even have guns. One of the one of the biggest myths that the, the anti-gunners, the element on the left, uh, if you will, whatever you call it, will spout is that the NRA is uh, lobbying for the gun manufacturers, and uh, they're not. They're just like, what are you talking about? If you, if you knew anything about the culture in the community, you would know what we know, which is you're right. By and large, the manufacturers stay out of it. Now, mm-hmm. from it's there is a, ba- a bit of hypocrisy here, okay? So I'll, I'll acknowledge that right off the bat. But then when you dive in and you look at – business because ultimately they're business they don't stick around if they're business if they don't stick around as a business we don't have things cool things to exercise our second amendment rights with so it is a bit of a symbiotic relationship there with business that has to be played in order to have things right mm-hmm. oh for sure what's what good's the right if there's no if there's no firearms and nobody's for nobody's producing parts or nobody's right. producing ammunition or whatever the case yeah. may be yeah business so has a, to a still symbiotic. yeah right. business is how the world there. turns around that's how the world so with, with uh-huh. business, you're talking about, um, as you pointed out eloquently, by the way, with, with Levi's, you have varying people that are on the board, that are owners, that are stockholders, that are stakeholders, that are employees, that are this, that, and the other. Companies are diverse. Just because a company is, is within the gun, the firearm industry does not mean that, you know, the even the majority of the people involved with that company are necessarily pro 2A or at least don't have leniencies to um, be okay with certain infringements like universal background checks or assault weapons bans or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, if, you've, if you've got companies that, uh, see, that they are, and then here's the thing that I think that we can go after. They are, but they fear backlash. They fear things like um, if they just if they come out and they're blatant with it. They fear things like you know the calling for boycott, calling for boycott, because that is the big huge thing nowadays is protest and boycott. Uh, and it drives me absolutely up the wall because you know I don't know how effective a lot of that stuff is. The problem with protests and boycotts on the left side of most arguments along the political spectrum, it doesn't matter what argument it is, most uh, boycotts and things like that are supported and perpetuated and put out by media. Media is complicit with all that. So they are way more effective because they get way more traffic. So, uh, you know, gun company ABC decides they're going to do this, and then something happens in a way that, you know, it affects their distributors. It affects... They're the people that they get their raw materials from. It affects the people that they get their machining equipment repaired by, something like that. And then it severely hurts the bottom line, and then they have to go out of business. So you've got to recognize that it's a lot more complex than what it seems like on the surface. Um, and to that avail, though, I think that something, and I've been trying to push this with smaller companies that I've worked with, especially with GRPC coming up, is, hey, why don't you – Adopt a Second Amendment stance by proxy 
with some of these social media creators, influencers, activists, people on the ground. Support them. Let them handle your Second Amendment stance on everything. And then you're not supporting even an organization. You're not dumping money into an organization. You're not dumping money into a politician. You're just dumping money into a social media person of some type. Right. You're Basically, saying you're saying find your favorite guy. Advertiser. Yeah. Yeah. A marketing advertiser for your Second Amendment, uh, you know, whatever donations or, you know, or, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I think the problem is saying that. Uh-huh. Well, oh, listen, I agree. Uh, I agree with you guys on that. Yes, that would be in the utopia of perfection. <laughs> if the world worked the way that it was supposed to work, that would be the thing. The problem with that is the same problem that the NRA had with that. Right. Um, b- back in the days when I started doing this like six years ago, or more, actually, I think more than that at this point, the NRA had a choice, you know, like. They were all there were guys like myself, people who came before me, right, who were out there doing this. And they were thinking about these people and their influence. And they had this choice. Do we actually go out there and uh, partner up with these guys and do things or do we create our own stuff? And that's how you you got uh, NRA TV. Because that's the choice they made. Ultimately, they said, we need to own this. We don't want these guys out there saying things or doing things um, that we don't approve of, etc. We need to have 100% control of it. They went the NRA TV route, and that just all got liquidated, right? In the meanwhile, we were all out there doing our own thing, and we're still out there doing it. And it still kind of makes sense. You're talking about the stuff like what... Uh, I'm, some people are going to start screaming and shouting when I bring this up. I don't give a crap about sports or anything like that. But it's like the NFL thing that just went down, you know, with the NFL going to Jay-Z and saying, hey, Jay-Z, you're a cool black dude, you know, that knows the entertainers. How about you get these people to actually come in here and entertain for our halftime shows and do our social justice outreach and all that kind of stuff? So they went to him. But they went to him, like you said, he's a business He's connected to these people. He's out there. Ultimately, it's business. They want everyone's. They don't want to lose, like, you know, the black community that's boycotting them's business. And they don't want to lose, which I think it's more than the black, than the white guys that are mad at Kaepernick and all that, right? I know I'm not a fan personally of what Kaepernick is doing. They don't want to lose those audiences. They want everyone watching the NFL, looking at the halftime and all that kind of stuff, right? So they decided to do it instead of them creating it and trying to do it themselves and have ownership. They said, hey, let's go to these guys. They're already doing it. Let's just make a deal with them. And that's the easiest way to go about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a by proxy thing. I mean, yeah. it's, it's well, uh, Second Amendment advocacy by proxy, I think, is the the coined I termed with it. And, you know, I agree with you with the, with the whole NRA TV and the way that that went down. But first of all, you're looking at that was an organization doing that. And I'm not talking about an organization. I'm talking about the industry. Mm -hmm. Um, The industry already put stuff out there to the social media people and influencers and writers and bloggers and whatever. They already put stuff out there on a, a business and industry related side of things. Why not do the same thing on the slide to those that are activists and and stuff like that to help 
get the word out, help get the word out on the things like rallies and legislation and, and Hey, you need to actually write your Congressman on this. Hey, you need to, to be here this day to talk to this particular Senator for this. Hey, you need to be paying attention to this port battle that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it's an industry to, to a support via a creator influencer is what I'm talking about. And that could be controlled the same way that is controlled now with, deals that the industry cuts with some creators and stuff that they want some type of a contractual obligation with it. That happens. Now, I've never been approached with any type of of thing like that. Most of my stuff, my dealings with the industry is all open-ended, and it's great because there's a trust there. We trust each other. Um, But I'm sure larger companies and larger channels and things like that, they like a certain amount of uh, security in something like that. So you certainly Mm -hmm. could have something like that, and if somebody... You know, you put that out by proxy to them and they, you know, shown you in a bad light or something like that, or they actually disclose that, hey, this company is is doing X, Y, and Z when they're not supposed to. Like I said, the whole idea is sort of doing it on the slide by, you know, by proxy. But let's say that somebody discloses some information or something they don't, well, the contract's null and void and they've got uh, a way out and they can show that and go, look, you know, we, we don't condone this. It, it was a breach of contract and that person's gone and yeah, move I on, think, find another person, whatever. Right. I think that's complicated for them because, okay, so the model where they, su- where they support the NRA is easy, right? That's, that was, mm-hmm. I don't know what it's going to be, but it was a nonprofit, right? It did have certain rights and all that kind of stuff. So that was easy to do. If you support an individual, it's not so easy to do. People are going to be like, oh, your message is paid for. I know personally that that's always going to run you into problems because the company is not always going to agree with what you have to say and all that kind of stuff. So that that's why that gets complicated with that individual. And if that individual goes out there and creates troubles on them, if you're supporting a bigger body organization like GOA, NRA, whoever, whatever, whatever you want to call it, then if they do something wrong or the media is going after them, it's a whole organization and people see it as a whole instead of, well, I don't like this guy's face. Right. Well, see, yeah. I was talking about something different. I mean, you're talking about uh, social media influencers. I was mm-hmm. talking about actually supporting Second Amendment advocates and Second Amendment groups in states. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they don't look. The gun bunny don't get her stuff this time. All right. Maybe it'll go to somebody who's actually doing something. And and I'm talking about from my perspective. Mm-hmm. It took years for me to get industry to send stuff. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm talking to 40 to 60 people every other month in mm-hmm. one location, putting guns in hands, actually doing the work. And people will buy the gun if they shoot the gun. I'm like, I'm doing the thing that you pay reps to go out and do when you have so-and-so's day at the range. Yeah, I'm doing that already. Mm-hmm. Help a brother out. No, here's a picture of fill-in gun bunny name with a picture of her holding your whatever upside down hey look i have gun lucky mm-hmm. and, and 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 you're not moving something because of that the dudes that, 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 that drool over her are not buying your gun because she held it well yeah okay um, i think it's not just so i think they jo- so just to, i'm not I, i'll definitely give you a chance to finish your point there i don't think it's just the gun bunnies that they do that with um no you, you could put you could put the super tactical dudes in that position and those are people who actually went out yep. serve for their country Absolutely. risk their lives watch their friends yep. died you know had to okay. uh, do lots Blame of terrible s- things 
you know, famous people, movie spark, movie stars. Yeah, they do. It, famous, yeah, competitive shooters that have never shot that yeah. particular firearm in their life. Yeah, yeah. Those yeah, are all the people. Okay. They go to those people. You know, I'm not trying to like. I'm not trying to stand up for the gun bunnies or attack them at the same time. I think that the industry just goes in certain ways, and I would argue. That listen, I I'm all for taking care of those dudes who went out there and fought for their country, right, and left their pound of flesh out there. The problem is they don't sell stuff either. <laughs> exactly. At the end of and the day, they're not good. selling anything. If anything, they they a lot of times intimidate people to make people go, oh, this thing is actually might not actually be for me because you got to be a super tactical ninja to to rock and roll with that thing. So, but but that's how they go about for them that's what they see as being the most results, right? If you go to Shot Show, you see Gunny's line. I mean, come on, man. I've been I've been to um I've been to SEMA in Las Vegas and Gunny was there and that line was the same thing like it was at Shot Show. It doesn't matter. People show up for Gunny. I mean, he's he's no longer with us, you know, RIP. Good dude. <laughs> You know, I think he really deserved. Good dude. Yeah, he deserved everything he had. He worked. The last time I saw him, shortly before he died, that dude was working. But you know, it's a crazy kind of unbalanced thing. That's why I understand what you guys are saying. But they do it because th these physical results that they see, right? Which may which not be sales. Which may not be sales. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah, like magazines. So you're seeing one. Exactly. Yeah. I'm saying that this is in. Just like magazines, I, I think this is out of date way to sell stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm saying they're still behind, just like the ones that insist on mag like magazines are somehow cutting edge, and this is what people are buying, mm -hmm. and it's not happening. Mm -hmm. Look, get involved in Second Amendment advocacy. A lot of them want to tiptoe around it, not even mention it. I'm like, why aren't you involved? How's this? You don't even have to be involved on a national level. If you're in, okay, New Jersey. Why aren't you supporting at least the stuff that happens in New Jersey? And that's what Henry did. Mm -hmm. We have another modern material AR-15 manufacturer here. That's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, whatever's in your state, support the thing that's down the road from your factory, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, the, like, come on. Yeah. Well, there are companies. Yeah, there are companies that do that. Like you just mentioned, Henry. And honestly, yeah. th that's a company that is a business. They run a business. They make money, but I feel like they do care. They do lots of things like that. I think uh, uh, Brownells is like that. There's other companies. I don't want to oh. leave anyone out. There's there's companies that are like that that are actively trying to do things and support people. But not every company is like that because I think ultimately they don't care. And a lot of companies, like I said again, they don't put they don't necessarily put it out there either. Mm -hmm. And some companies aren't ran by one person. Anthony. Yeah. Um, Wow, I was gonna say his last name, and I know I'm gonna mess it up. Anthony's the em president. Emperado. Emperado. Yeah, I would yeah. have said it that badly too, but I uh -huh. think that might be it. Mm -hmm. Dude, this guy doesn't have an office like like you think. The dude who runs Henry, it's a floor. It's the floor. Everybody's on it. If you work on the floor, there he is, right there, answering phone calls and talking to people. Yes, he cares. Mm -hmm. um, what every year he gives away guns to firefighters, first responders, soldiers. Mm -hmm. That's a dude that actually cares about the Second Amendment thing. And then when you start getting into others, you're like, oh, what's going on? Um, what's happening? That's what I'm saying. We we have we don't have the billionaire that's focused on us keeping our rights like they have the billionaire like that's Bloomberg. focused on taking it. Right. But the thing is, the money is there collectively. So like like my suggestion, I understand where you guys are coming from. I think the industry should support more platforms 
more the ideas, more the thoughts than the individuals or even the organizations. I'm not saying they shouldn't support the organizations. They should. I'm not saying they shouldn't support the individuals. They should. But the better place for their money to go would be the platform in general that we can all stand on and we can all speak on because that's the place we're attacked right now and where we don't really have a lot of options if you think about it, right? If um, yeah. as, as, we, as we start going through this stuff and they see our influence coming up again and we're getting people activated and they start going, yeah, we're going to deplatform this guy, kick this guy off, ghost this guy, do this thing or that thing, then we have no voice. And if we have no voice, then it's totally useless. Companies should support that. And then that way they're not um, specifically associated with one person. Well, look at something that aggravates me. Um, and I'm gonna preface this by by talking about you know we're on YouTube now, obviously, but you know we're talking about third party platforms, Full Thirty, GunStreamer, uh, GunTube, things like that, Fire Fanatics, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know you hear a lot of oh the industry needs to get behind these other companies, these other platforms, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. I totally agree. I think that that mm-hmm. there should be an element out there. But what aggravates me is when I click on your video or my video or whoever's video uh, that's in the you know two A firearm uh, niche here on YouTube, mm-hmm. and there's a holster company ad that plays, uh, mm-hmm. or or something like that. Well, that tells me that. YouTube or AdSense rather is taking money from firearm related industry people. Mm-hmm. And then yet we're over here where we have uh, limited or no ads. We're ad restricted, right? Mm-hmm. And again, I, I want to make, make this very clear. There is a difference when people tell you that they're demonetized. You need mm-hmm. to make sure that they know what they're talking about and they're not telling you that and they're ad restricted. Mm-hmm. But ad restricted is bad. I won't discount that. But here's the thing. Ad restricted means you're not available to the entire advertising pool. But what if, just what if, you know, a third of the firearm manufacturers or dealers or companies out there advertise through AdSense? Um, I don't what think if they, they would. Had that, that they wouldn't take of, it. That slice of the pie. Well, they wouldn't take it. Who do you see? Mm-hmm. They wouldn't take money. No, YouTube's yeah, not not going to take, take those. Yeah. Who do you see? You see USCCA, right? I'm not mm-hmm. mad about them being there, but you see them. You see the NRA advertising. You see holsters, but I guess the way they're looking at it, holsters are fine. Holsters are not the guns. Are they going to take the money from Daniel Defense? You know, are they going to take the money know, from Smith and Wesson or whoever else you want to come up with? Remember, there's still remember. other co- there's still other companies though out there that are still outside the the firearm itself that are still outside that fray that could be doing. I mean, if a holster company's there, but you just you don't see that many, and so why are they? Why don't they have this idea? Money, I'm telling you, the the theme of this show so far, mm-hmm. whether we're talking about the NRA or whatever, has been has been money. Mm-hmm. And sad, that's a sad truth that money makes things happen. So, you know, you can sit there all day long and say, you know, oh, they wouldn't take that money. They wouldn't take that money. But I don't know that if it wasn't some kind of a collected effort, you know, to say, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to speak up. That, you know, we're, we want we want the bottom tier, you know, ad rate. We're going to go in and buy these bottom tier ad rates so that people in the firearm niche that are ad restricted will, will serve our ads because, hey, that's our audience. That's our demographic anyway. Yeah. Then YouTube's cashing in on that. Well, I think the thing here, and I know, Simon, I know you want to come in with something. Uh, I think the big problem that we have about that is that these guys are not utilities. And because of what we all believe, 
I'm not saying everyone believes it, but I think the people on this panel, we don't really believe like they have to go in there and do that. But I think, you know, we're coming to the point where they have to say, hey, you guys are utilities. You can't say to XYZ firearms manufacturer, they can't advertise on your platform. If they're doing something that is legal, protected by the Second Amendment, you have to, if they want to come to you and give you money to advertise, you have to take that money. But right now they don't, man. It's in their terms of service and lots of companies that try to go, I'll tell you something right now. If I took my YouTube channel, Hank Strange, and I go through AdSense and I say, hey, I would like to advertise, they tell me no. And yet other YouTubers can advertise. So if I said, okay, Hickok, he's the biggest dude out there, you know, he's getting a lot of views or Demo Ranch, every time a Demo Ranch video comes up, I want to pay so that a little Hank Strange commercial comes up. They say, no, uh uh-uh, we're not going to let you do that. Now, in other parts of YouTube, if it's the auto side of YouTube and someone's looking at a big, you know, let's say uh, the the guys from uh, the Grand Tour on, on their YouTube channel and someone wants to advertise against them, they let that happen. So that's one of the problems that we have. They're not a utility and they can pick and choose who they want well, to I'm deal not- with. I'm not comfortable with them being deemed a utility, but I will say this. I certainly think they need to choose whether they're a a publisher or a public forum. They need to be forced to choose one of the two for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You can't bounce back and forth and show a clear bias like they're doing. I mean, let let them choose. Let them choose their prerogatives. They're not going to, though, unless unless someone unless someone holds their feet to the fire. They're not going to do that because to get back to what you said about business, you know, if you have if you're running a business, but then you also have your personal feelings and the way that you're trying to influence the world. Why would you choose? You would just keep all your motivations secret. Do whatever you want to do. And because no one could come at you, you have immunity, you have all these things. Why would you voluntarily give it up? Well, do you think it's coming? Because because I certainly do. Do you think it's coming to a time when a lot of these platforms are going to have to choose? Um, yeah. It's only I think that's only going to happen if the politicians push them in that direction and they have every single politician in their pocket, or, whether they're Republicans or, the, or Democrats or the people or the people from the platform, the viewers, the creators, because there's a lot of lawsuits and a lot of different things going around with with YouTube right yeah. now. Well, we can't so, I mean, we can't sue them. Yeah, too. but I don't think we have the ability to sue them into doing it as long as they have protections. If they technically that, legally have those protections, we can't force them. I think that it, at some point, though, I think that that you you garner strength in numbers eventually. And I think it's working toward that way. I think the the because we tend to look at this from a we tend to micro focus a lot of times mm-hmm. just on our niche and just on two way and just on the the gun culture and we don't realize that a lot of this is happening to a lot of different be it uh, yeah you know, I know travel channels I know LGBT oh everyone every channels yeah and, and just everybody yeah car right? channels are so, going through but stuff everybody is in their corner in their own little niche oh they're being biased against us oh help mm-hmm. us all we're gonna sue why don't we all come together say okay I get it that you're LGBTQ and you are liberal and you don't like guns, this is not about that. Yeah. Let's all come together, whether you like cars or gaming or whatever you do, and you've got thousands, tens yeah. of thousands I think it's of the, creators I think, that stand up and do a petition or write a thing and say, hey, this ain't right. Yeah. Figure it out. Meet with, you know, meet with a representative of our choosing or something and, and hammer this stuff out. I think it's the selfish nature of the human being that's behind all these things. It's tri- it's tribalism is what yes. it is. I think it's that they 
Yeah, and for sure. And look, there are people. I know there's some guys trying to do a YouTube union. I'm not actually down with that. I was a teamster in my life. I have no interest in ever being in a union ever again. Oh, I agree. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, Talk about anyway. Yeah, um, yeah, as, yeah. as a union member, uh -oh. as a union member, when they gave me a choice whether to uh -huh. be in a, it, uh -huh. it was it was it was a funny conversation. Let me just go ahead and say that. Um, right. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> what I was going to say is that you're right. I, I don't know when it will happen, but, I mean, look how long it takes them to break up the phone company. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, things happen. It's going to get there because these companies, these social media companies, are being successful in pushing their own agenda. And what happens with success a lot of the times, especially with these types of people, they overreach. Yeah. And they're going to jump on something. Mm -hmm. And the pushback from the public is going to be way more because all of these groups, just like you're saying, the car people, the LGBT, the makeup people, like they were banging everybody on social media. If you didn't toe their line, something's going to happen to make everybody stand up and push back. That's what I think. Yeah, I think uh, that I, I, I think we're coming close to that overreach thing as every um, every corporation out there. So Apple wants to have their own streaming and Netflix, obviously, and, and uh, you, you, everyone's getting on the streaming bandwagon. Right. And YouTube's getting on that. That's why they're pushing everyone. They're not just pushing the gun guys. They're pushing everyone. That massive push that they're doing to try to get everyone to pay for their content in terms of everyone gets on a streaming service and pays, I think that's going to do it because how many streaming streaming services are you going to have? I mean, I think most of us will probably go like two at the most. You know what I mean? I don't know. You know, some people don't want to do any. Some uh, more people might want to do one. And there's some people out there that will do two, but we're not going to do 10. And so when they do that and then YouTube and these other places push us out, then we'll be forced to go somewhere and find some common place, and then that place is going to be able to build up. But that's going to actually take years. I don't think that's going to happen overnight. Um, uh, I just I just want to get to this real quick because Armament and Axis gave us some money here. He gave us ten bucks. He says too many companies use the gun bunny thing and other sales tactics to sell products and do nothing for the two A only for profit, not realizing they're cutting their own throats. Money with no freedom sucks. So that's from uh, Armament and Axis. I just wanted to get that out there. And I don't know if there was uh, there might be someone else that uh, did someone. Oh, one of you guys threw up a link here, right? I don't yeah, know. It may have been me. Oh. I've got to. I've got to step out for just a second. Oh, I'll okay. Be right back. All right. All right. So. Uh, all right. Let me. Uh, okay. So figure just, out how to do it with your yeah. with your weird uh, thing here. Yeah. Just mute yourself. I took you out of the. You're not in. Like no one's seeing <laughs> your face. Just mute it. So if you got to make any oh, okay. funny noises, we don't hear it. <laughs> he's got to go land the plane. Yeah, we don't want to hear your leprechaun <laughs> noises, <laughs> Clover. Uh, and then let me know when you're back. Yeah. So, um, uh, what was the? I know you wanted to make another point there before I interrupted you. Tony. No, no. I mean, I actually, I don't remember the point, but um, mm -hmm. I, I, I think that was it though. Talking about sooner or later it will happen because it happened with everything, and usually it happens because of overreach. Yeah. They, they will step out enough to tick off enough people that it will be politically wise to make them choose. Yeah. And I think that's what will happen. But it'll be uh, when it they piss off the masses. It won't be when they piss off yeah. the specific gun groups or whatever. Uh, so if but if people if they had any sense, if the industry, if people out there had any sense and they were thinking about the future, I think I hate to go back to the guy from Overstock, Patrick Byrne. 
but this is a guy running a big company, Overstock. If you look at what he was talking about, he's also getting into blockchain stuff, right? He's building these companies that are all about decentralizing, right? Where the hell did this guy have time to mess around with some Russian chick? You know, you're trying to be, you're trying to be sexy and cool instead of doing this thing that we need in the future. But that's a choice that we always make as human beings, right? It's not just him. I do it. You do it. Everyone does it. And it's until we're all suffering or a massive amount of us are suffering that we decide, oh, yeah, maybe we need to all get off YouTube, go somewhere else and, you know, and start kicking ass. It'll, it'll happen. Um, I, I still have to join Gunstreamer. Uh, and I say I'm going to do it every week and continually mm-hmm. forget. But, but that's something I want to do to get my content also on something else before you do it right now. It do it right now, man. While, we, while yeah. you're on here. Sign up while you're on. No, here. I'm, I'm going up. to. It's yeah. just I'm reading questions stop, over here. Stop talking about but, it. But, be about it. <laughs> Don't talk about it. Be about it. Um, uh, <laughs> and yes, all all of us have that happen. All of us, um, like this dude from Overstock, mm-hmm. you're good at something, and now you're trying to do something else. You and get distracted. Yeah, James Bond is the worst spy in the world. I have no idea why we use that as a reference because he's horrible. Well, <laughs> he doesn't even have I mean, it's a story. You have to keep a story interesting. In real life, spies are kind of boring. That's why I don't really believe she was like a high level. She wasn't a real high level spy. You know, they weren't really trying that hard to to hide her. No. <laughs> you know no. what I mean? Yeah. You know, because real had, spies, you never see them. Those dudes come and go, man. They do what they do. Nobody knows who did it. You know? Think about it. We had real spies during the Second World War. Uh, there was a there was a baseball Is player. Clover back? Is he back? What was it? I don't oh, know. Yeah, there was a baseball player in World War II that actually was spying against the Japanese force. Mm-hmm. This story didn't come out until, like, the early to mid-'80s that this dude was doing it. That's real spy stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So um, this now. Well, you mean Ivana humps a lot was was a spy? Who knew? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Get out of here. Um, There's some comments. I know we're we're like deep in conversation. So for everyone that you're not getting your your comments up here, my apologies. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, hey, we're 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 in a good uh, conversation right now. Uh, Harry's holster says uh, the best spies are the ones you'll never hear about. Absolutely. The gray men. You don't even recognize those dudes. Right. They come and go. You're like, you know, you can't describe them. What do they look like? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, but even some of them, some of them were famous, like uh, Julia Childs. Supposedly, she was a spy during the Second World War. <laughs> like, you, you just don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's see. Do we want to? We're like at eight twenty-two, which is awesome because the time is flying by here. Um, is there is there something that you guys want to talk about? Since I've like you know taken up a lot of this time talking about my stuff. Yeah. Um, or either of you guys going to GRPC? Um, I know you mentioned it, but I don't really know the details, so you'll have to tell us the details on that. Um, Phoenix, Arizona? Mm-hmm. Uh, help, help me out, Tony, if you can. 21st, 22nd, 23rd? What does GRPC uh, stand for? Gun Rights Gun Policy, Policy Conference. Okay, Gun Rights yep. Policy Conference, and it's in, uh, it's in Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona. Okay, and it's when? September? September 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. And they also have um, well, Amcon, content creating. Yeah. Right. Amcon will be the fr- Friday, technically the first day of GRPC is what they call Amcon. Alternative mass media. 
Is this the first year of this? Because I've never heard of this before. No, no, this okay. is like the thirty something year. Really? I don't even know. Thirty third or something. So yeah. what have they you yeah. know, how come we haven't heard of this? Are you guys both going to this? Because you're not it. involved enough, Hank. There you go. Oh Quit God. being a bud, Hank. Come yeah, on, man. man. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I told Lola yeah. we should work on the weekends doing this too. Damn it. No, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, believe me. Yeah, your wife is too, not you're too concerned. That. You're too concerned with big girl panties and Russian spies. <laughs> if you would put that on the back burner and focus a little more nope. on activism. Come on, man. Yeah, I know. But, uh, yeah, if, you're not, if you're not in tune, honestly, if you're not in tune with mm-hmm. those within organizations um, and maybe heard them talk about it, then bring it up. Uh, and if you're not mm-hmm. at a certain level of, I don't consider myself an activist in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I think I'm an advocate at best. Um, you know, if you're, I don't know, if you got some people inside the, the fray you're close to that are they're true hardcore activists, then I mean, they would probably know. Otherwise, yeah, you know. And sadly, vast majority of people don't, you know, they don't know about it. Yeah. And so uh, it's it's important that we get it out and, and let people know. It, it is put on every year. Uh, by Second Amendment Foundation and Citizens' Right to Keep and Bear Arms. Am I correct, Tony? I think so, yeah. Um, uh, what do you guys do with this? Are there videos? Do people put out videos on this every year? What happens at these things? Paul, Paul Lake from the Life Society podcast is actually doing live feeds, and so did uh, G-Webs. Okay. Um, they would be doing live feeds from there for you to actually watch the Second Amendment groups from across the country actually come up and talk about what they do or talk about. I mean, I used to watch because, um, to me, it was amazing that people were getting things done on a grassroots level, and most of us didn't even know they existed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to be able to make it because I've been out sick since June, so I just, no, not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to go, though, because I was invited to come out. Uh, hopefully I can make it next year. It's it's a lot of networking, meeting other minds, getting us together so we can work together, so we can collaborate, so we can make this thing grow. Um, look, NRA uh, annual meeting is great because that's a great networking opportunity, too. But mm-hmm. it's a lot of uh, some distractions going on there. This is this is about the advocacy. This is about the networking. This is about making the Second Amendment movement grow. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I think it's important. You don't have to be a part of everything, man. Just yeah. just sometimes, you know, there, there's some things going on and make it worth yeah. the trip. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm upset that I can't go, but I'm more upset that I've been out of work for two months. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, we can also all play our part to have something to do with it. I mean, for, I, I doubt that I'm actually going to be able to go to it based on the dates that you guys are saying. Um, and just in the back of my mind, I think I'm already booked out, to be honest with you, all the way till well, like January of next year. Especially we could, we could, considering we could short it. notice. And, yeah. Yeah. Especially considering short notice and all that. See, mm-hmm. you know, I've been, I've got actually Archangel out there was asking where we're we going to go to the creator summit. Yeah. That's something that's on my radar. Here's the thing. Um, when I decided to kick off this and really start getting serious, there was two things that were kind of a have to, and that's SHOT Show and NRA. Why? Mm-hmm. Because that's the content that the vast majority of people are going to want to see. That's what's going to help keep the views up, keep the bills being paid, keep you know all of that kind of stuff. Um, Second Amendment, unfortunately, is not sexy. 
at least not yet. I mean, can we make it that way? I mean, heck, we got uh, Big Tony here, so he's certainly sexy. But it's it's just not. And yeah, we have to. You can't get that, more that sexy than that. I mean, I think we have to admit, he's pound for pound the sexiest gun guy out there. Right there, you go. Yeah. So the first, so the first, uh, the first step in dealing with the problem is admit you got a problem, and that's mm-hmm. a problem. Is that the Second Amendment is not sexy? So, right. um, so you know, I've worked for uh, nearly two years now to you know be able to go to to add. Uh, gun rights policy conference. That was the next one that I wanted to add into my, you know, rotation for the year. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'll, I'll get some interviews with some activists and maybe cover a little bit of the speeches and do some stuff like that. But I'm really looking at the opportunity, looking forward rather to the opportunity, like Tony said, to meet some of these people out there that I have no clue even exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know quite a few of the people that are going and that'll be there. Uh, but what's exciting is those people that I don't know that are going to be there, yeah. and that's uh, that's going to be kind of cool. Yeah. What I'm, yeah, I mean, if, if not if you're not into it, dude, it, it's it is boring. I mean, <laughs> it is it is watching paint dry. Because if you're not into activism on that level, and I totally understand, man, I do not expect everybody to be up on what I'm up on, mm-hmm. and I'm only up on it because I live in Jersey, dude. Mm-hmm. My back is against the wall here. Mm-hmm. Um, I need all the help I can get. We need to join together and we need to try to get people across the country excited. Yeah. I mean, and, and you're right. It's a, it's about money. Like, like with funds, it takes a load off. I someone mean, has to, someone spent, has to pay for that. Dude, last mm-hmm. night I spent $185 on pizza and soda. You know what I'm saying? This is not just for I'm you. I'm going to talk about the ammo. You know, that's just, <laughs> that's just burn. burn. <laughs> you, you open that one. <laughs> so you open that door, man. You open that to- that door like Boutina, and I walked in there. Hey, Hank. Hey, don't be a hater, Hank. That could be keto pizza. You don't know. <laughs> well, I see the Archangel is saying that Hank Strange, I uh, take offense to that. I'm sexier. And he thinks he's bigger. No, you are not bigger. I know, uh, it's, so it's hilarious. Sit down with your little skinny bony ass. <laughs> hey son, you my skinny picture. Shut up, sit down, go eat some. Get your weight up. So um, no, but um uh, yeah, I want to make it too, but every year my thing is uh it has to be the Great American Outdoor Show in Harrisburg because it's close uh, and yeah. it's nine days long. Um so I try to get there at least four days of the nine day show to network. Mm-hmm. Um also we have NRA. Um those are the two I try to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to get to a third show especially in phoenix hey dude it's it's rough i mean mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's like you you have to have the funds for it um and i think once i get my paperwork to be a 501c3 maybe more money will come in because of the connections i have mm-hmm. but you got to build those connections this stuff just doesn't happen believe me i've been making cold calls for four and a half five years now to companies every monday you know how many people just like <laughs> new phone who this mm-hmm. and sometimes it's even companies i already had a prior relationship to that they've changed people mm-hmm. and now my contact is gone <laughs> you know where is so so that sucks when that happens mm-hmm. but yeah <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes it works out for the better. Yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah. I had that happen this week, big where I got I actually got a call from the person that replaced the previous person with marketing. And the other person was I just did really didn't do a whole lot with the with me and with the channel. And this other person called and sought me out and was all gung ho and they're like, Oh yeah, I'm the new person and the other person's gone and I'm really wanting to kick the ramp this thing up and I'm like, Well, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Let's 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 go. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's but um hey dude. This is in the weeds. Most people aren't, so I'll just keep it on. Uh, keep it, you know, on a, on a we level. We don't all have to don't, do everything. No, we just have to do what we can do. 
Show up on your local level, man. Mm -hmm. Show up and participate on your local level. That's all. You don't have to fly to Phoenix. You don't have to do any of that. Find out, if not, where your NRA meeting, where your state Second Amendment group meeting is Mm -hmm. so you can get together. And then when you roll into your town hall meeting, you can roll in with four or five guys when they're putting up some kind of bullcrap anti-assault weapon uh, ordinance in your town. You you can go a few people deep and ask questions Mm -hmm. and and represent. It yeah. doesn't have to mean fly across the country. That's that's nuts to expect anybody yeah. to do that. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I think we all do what we can do. I know that next year I've I've committed to going to the um, GOA Virginia event that that they're having. I'm not even sure mm-hmm. what the name is. Don't ask me. I think about stuff yeah, like things I'm gonna do. I actually think about that literally the day that I have to figure out how I'm getting to that place. I'm gonna, I'm so. gonna, yeah. I've, I've been asked with that one and uh, and stuff, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to some folks at, at GRPC. Uh, I'm sure some of the GOA people will be there, and uh, we'll find yeah. out a little more. And yeah, that's in April, I think. Next year, then, yeah. figure out in between now and then if I can swing it. Like I said earlier, when I was talking about industry and some of these people um, in the industry. You know, that's something that I'm really working on. And if I can mm-hmm. figure out a, a, a model for myself and my channel that works, mm-hmm. that these companies by proxy can help some of us get to some of these legit two-way events like GRPC, like that GOA event, then, you know, I, I do plan on sharing that and saying, hey, you know, we're companies you work with, reach out, but do it in this way, right? Uh, this type of a proposal, make sure you cover these bases and do this and do that. And, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe that'll help with things like Tony's talking about, where, you know, we can do a, a little more in a year's time than we normally could do otherwise. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like right now, Kevin, Kevin Dixie has his training and learn event that's going to be coming up next year. I'm going to that. I mm-hmm. was at the first one. I'm going to the next one. I'm actually going to be a speaker at this one. But but I'm going to be there. But that's St. Louis. And then we got, you know, we got Tennessee, Nashville, right? Go for the NRA and got Harrisburg maybe. for the other thing. Yeah, maybe. I don't know what I'm doing with the NRA event next year. I have no idea what I'm going to do. I know that there's going to be lots of people there that, like, there's, for me, the big reason I always go to that is that um, there's a lot of people there that actually support what we do. And um, they they make it out to those things, and it kind of sucks. I didn't want to go this year, but then I was like, man, there's all these pe- folks that want to go. And even there were some companies that really wanted me to like help them out. And I was like, okay, let you know, yeah. let's let's yeah, do like, this thing. Yeah, I, I got a relationship with Henry. I have a relationship with High Point. I have a relationship with you know a couple of companies. Well, I'm not going to drive you know from 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 Bayonne, New Jersey, to to Ohio to just say what's up and hang out with them. But if I can hit a bigger show, yeah, they're there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and and that's, that's, you get all the companies together. You continue your relationship. You see them, you have a drink with them, cut some jokes with them, but you know what you're doing. Yep. Like fax, mm-hmm. faxing is important to me because mm-hmm. faxing, dude, we were on a show like this and they were like, what do you do? And I told them, they were like, whatever you need, let us know. Mm-hmm. And, and we built a real, we built a rifle based on faxing and some of the parts donated. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know what I mean? I mean, you have to continue these relationships. And yeah, if if NRA lets the N- national meeting go, that's pretty bad. Because I don't think they're planning on letting it go. I mean, I think it's pretty much set in stone, right, Clover? That's that thing's yeah. happening. Well, I mean, that's a that's a big ordeal, and and you're talking about funding and facilitation and stuff like that. So, to to never say never is dangerous. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, as far as right now, it doesn't look like that's in danger. No. 
Mm-hmm. No, but they had no problem canceling that damn security expo or whatever they call their expo th- that happened in Richmond um, because I was there for that one and I'm sitting around and they're going, oh, we're canceling it because there's a big storm coming. I'm yeah. like, I'm outside the venue. What do you mean you're canceling? I'm here. Mm-hmm. Oh, that ticked me off. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I could imagine that. <laughs> like, yeah. I took the time off work. I'm yeah. sitting here in Virginia. Yeah, you yeah. mothers. Yeah, cancel <laughs> it the day before. Don't let people show up. By the way, Ray Bazzolo wants to know if I can make it to Connecticut this Sunday. Um, on Sunday, I am not even gonna. I'm not even gonna touch my toes to the ground. Just, I'm just letting <laughs> you know. On Sunday, oh, no, because really? I'm gonna spend tomorrow doing a whole bunch of stuff. So Sunday, you know, yeah, I'm gonna be in some old man pain. So no, Sunday. that's that's gonna Sunday. be my answer to that. <laughs> no, Sunday we have our man challenge. We have our minute man challenge. Sunday, oh, you do? Is, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so we're we're gonna have the guys out with ARs uh, shooting mm-hmm. on a timer, precision going up against each other. Should be a lot of fun. We okay. even got a corporate sponsor for that one. Oh, okay. Um, nice. Nice. Well, yeah. our whole thing is to get people using guns, so you understand those are your rights. You can lose them. A lot of guys have guns and safes and in closets and and behind a door that they've never touched. So we came up with something called the Minuteman Challenge, mm-hmm. which is to get you to grab your gun. We'll tell you what it is. It's on the calendar. Mm-hmm. Come get your AR-15, three, four magazines and 200 rounds. Come out. We're going to shoot these drills on a timer. Have some fun. Give out some poker chips. Bam. Uh, poker chip for the event and okay. um what can it, you do with those poker time. chips i'm always getting poker chips in places i don't know what the hell do you do I with those things do I those things no buy anything can i trade them in for it's money like it's like a challenge coin basically okay. it's like a challenge coin but can't do end, anything with those either huh? but at the end really? of the year mm-hmm. at the end of the year when we have our, our chip holder championship gotcha um mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> we have over a dollars in prizes uh, oh there's a chip holder championship oh my jeez we give away chips you gotta have a chip holder championship uh-huh. okay and uh and, and that's when we give away the the prizes that companies have donated okay but it's really to get people out shooting and hanging out at the range and meeting like-minded people it's about the camaraderie mm-hmm. that's how you grow the community man at fun events one at a time getting out to meet the people like most people will never compete because ego or whatever, or they think it's too expensive. Dude, we have the Rimfire Challenge, which is grab your 1022, any semi automatic 22, come out. We have mechanical Rimfire, your lever action, your bolt action. I mean, we just broke it down in a different firearm so we can at least get somebody with something to come out. Or even if you buy, we did PCC, dude. Mm-hmm. We did a PCC thing that you can pick up a high point carbine for $200, come out and compete. And that's what he had a couple of people do. They, they bought a carbine for it. They shot in it. And then they sold the carbine and for the same amount of money they bought it for. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But they just got involved. My thing is to get people shooting and then talk about your rights, man. Okay. Get, get us on the same page. Get you to join our, you know, our page. Follow us. Maybe listen to the podcast and slowly turn people into advocates. My whole thing is to get you active. Okay. Use your firearm to make you politically active because owning a firearm doesn't make you an activist. It makes you a beneficiary of the work activists do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, owning it doesn't guarantee you'll be able to keep it. Oh no. <laughs> Hey, yeah. um, I was That's just to not one of my guys. Mm-hmm. I was talking to one of my guys today. He left Jersey. Uh, he got stationed in Ohio, mm-hmm. and he said, "You know, being stationed in New Jersey made me realize how 
how close you can come to losing your rights and, and like, like how quick it can happen. And we're like, yeah, I mean, you're right. Gone, gone. Mm-hmm. You can't on this. You can't on that. When people go, oh, well, no one's coming after your guns. I'm like, yeah, move your ass to Jersey. Mm-hmm. And, and you see how close someone can come. I don't think guns. anyone says that anymore. I know years ago, people used to say, nobody's coming for your guns. Mm-hmm. I think they're done we're with down. that. I think we've closed that, that argument. <laughs> I think that argument's over at this point. Yeah. There's no one who reasonably believes that they're not coming for your guns. So that's the thing that I would say. Okay, I've got some news things up here if you guys want to get into this. i got a couple different things. Um, The Truth About Guns has this article. I'm going to throw this up first. What do 26 of 27 deadly American mass shooters have in common? And uh, they go, like, America's had a number of high-profile mass murders committed by lunatics with guns in recent years. One commonality in 26 of the 27 of the worst uh, incidents was made public 18 months ago. But it got buried by mainstream media. Um, news of this particular commonality certainly applies to the overwhelming majority of these spree killers. If you guess they all had an NRA membership card in their wallets, you failed and probably watched too much M- MSNBC. It has nothing to do with religion, race, or crazy pills either. Here it is. Only one of America's 27 worst mass murderers who used a gun as of early 2018 had a father in his childhood. And that would be the uh, uh, Virginia Tech killer, and and they're saying they're not going to say his name. What do you guys think about that? Makes sense. Total sense. Uh, so that's cool. I, I don't uh, think that's – your point is that as a single issue. Yes, yeah, that's not the I only thing, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think that people that, that go out and do that stuff, it's, it's a way more complex issue with them with multiple mm-hmm. things at play. But, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it it hurts people's feelings um, because I mean everybody's been in a in a breakup, you know what I'm saying, and and that's really what's that saying that mm-hmm. your relationship didn't work, and the last thing you want somebody to point out is the failure in your relationship. Mm-hmm. So of course no one wants to take credit for it, but I'm like if it's that it's that common. Yeah. But well, uh, divorce, if your relationship uh, fails, you could still be a father. I'm, but but here's the yeah, thing: our divorce yeah. rate in this country is well over sixty percent. So I mean, that's oh, yeah, that's, that's yeah, and, be and that will pull up. Yeah, that will pull up that stat. But because you got divorced or because you never got married in the first place, it has mm-hmm. nothing to do with whether or not you're a father. And and I I really don't know because these these guys. I mean, was there not a father in the house? Was there not a male role model? Because there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom and dad got divorced. Uh, yep. My dad left when I was like 12, but my mom made sure that her brothers, um, my dad's brothers, they were involved. I was involved in church. I was doing things. I was on the football team. I was on the big, I had male role models mm-hmm. around me, even necessarily there wasn't one in the house. Yeah. Father so figures, think, father figures. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm thinking that's just, look, it, I, I don't, put a lot into this but i put something into it mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah but i don't think uh, oh, you need a daddy and this wouldn't happen no not at all but i think that has something to do with it because okay here we're gonna go i mean i'm a christian i'm never gonna back down from that mm-hmm. um morality and that base that religious base regardless of what the religion is mm-hmm. is, is missing from a lot of american homes mm-hmm. and and usually when a home breaks up some that's one of the things that goes is is having to go to church, having to go to the mosque, having to go to the temple. It's like that goes away too. So it's it's a multi 
complex mm-hmm. issue that touches nerves and almost everyone. So no, you're going to leave it alone and just say it's the gun's fault. Like, it's a hell of a lot easier or go video games or, or rap music or metal or whatever. It's easy to blame those things and look at what makes a person turn into a murderer. Yeah. Because now you got to look in the mirror because you got somebody with mental health issues in your home you ha- or in your family, in your circle. You have somebody that came from a broken home. You have somebody that does questionable stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's not a simple answer. Young people and, and need think, older people to show them how to be men, how to be women, uh, and, and good and, examples of how to do that. A lot of times it's bad examples. And, and make up rules. And make up rules. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even even if you don't like them, man, kids want somebody there to tell them what's right and wrong and what they can and can't do. Yeah. Even if this is just rebel against it. Yeah. Because nothing's worse than a kid that grew up with no rules whatsoever. Yeah. Also, you need to you need to see how people take failure. You know, how they take defeat. You need to see that. I think that's one of the things that's missing in a lot of people today. You know, they think that they have to win all the time. No, you don't have to win all the time. You you might fail. You might fall down. You know, and ultimately you have to, yeah, you have to get up, work harder and keep moving. It's not everyone else's fault. You're the, you're ultimately responsible for your life. So it's not to say that people might not have done something to you, but ultimately you can make choices. You could change your life. You can make sacrifices and do things. So when things don't go your way, this is not an excuse now to go take it out on other human beings that had nothing to do with what happened to you. Yeah, but if you never do anything, you never come out of that, and you're always protected, and then life kicks your ass. Mm-hmm. And then you combine it with a lot of other things. That, mm-hmm. That's a bad formula. But you need failure. You need to try. You need to launch and, and maybe fall down and learn, well, maybe, damn, I'm not going to do that again. Um, and, and you learn your way around it. And I think a lot of the things that are happening, and this just getting to the old guy that's lived a little longer now, is the fear of failure of everybody gets a trophy of, uh, I love this one because the first time it happened, I was at my goddaughter's uh, brother's soccer game and the kids were getting their butts blown out in the score. And they go, oh, we don't count the score after they get ahead three points. We just don't count it. I'm like, you think the kids aren't counting? You think the kids don't know? <laughs> Why play the game? Yeah, I'm like, dude, you, you lose and mm-hmm. it feels horrible. And you work hard at getting better. And you learn. That's how that works. Yeah. And you learn. And I learned that I hated losing. Mm-hmm. Baseball was boring. <laughs> and football was much more better. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, with baseball. Mm-hmm. But um, you, you have to learn. And you can't just walk away from things if they don't work out for you. And, and, and it's like we've raised, and, and this is the generation after me, mm-hmm. we've allowed them not to fail. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's a problem. And and we've given them what we want because it's, again, a lot of reasons. It's difficult to make a living with just one paycheck coming. So now both parents got to work. Now they got that stress going on, too. It's the American demographic change, man. Mm-hmm. And not for the better in many ways. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Clover. I'm sure you and, want to chime in on this as well. I don't know what to add to that. I mean, that, that goes back into the whole thing we were talking about earlier about, you know, giving your money is not enough. I mean, you need to be out in the community and you need, cause you may be in an organization and you may be that male role model or that even that female role model. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's not be sexist here. That, that can go both ways. And, mm-hmm. but you know, I think it's, it's, um, 
and Tony's alluded to it. You've alluded to it. Uh, I think Arch- Archangel out there said something about, you know, he grew up buying and all that. Well, that really speaks to the mother and the other influences you have, I think, certainly. Um, but, you know, that's not a, that. The problem I've got is with a, with somebody putting out an article like that that says, okay, not having a father in the home or whatever uh, growing up leads to this. And that's certainly not the case. I know. Uh, tons of people have friends, acquaintances, whatever that had you know horrible childhoods for whatever reason, and they broke that mold. They broke that cycle. Yeah. Uh, if, if you, you know, if you not, take that statement, great right? If you take that statement just on its own, it's just like them saying, "Okay, America has four hundred million guns. We got to get rid of the guns to solve the problems." Well, if America has four mil four hundred million guns, none of us should be here. Right. None of us should exist. So it's exactly. the same thing. I think like Tony said, exactly. it's a high percentage. I don't know, like above 40, maybe 50, maybe higher than that. No, it's, 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 it's actually over 60 percent as national well, average. Okay. It's, it's irrelevant. If you're if you're talking divorce, it's irrelevant because mm-hmm. we've got so much uh, uh, non-married. You know, you know, yeah. birth out of wedlock and right. that's a, divorce rates are relevant at this point yeah. in the game. Yeah, there's lots of people out there, and those people don't all take advantage of or, or do these kinds of horrible things. They're not all broken. They're not all evil. Uh, we just, you know, we just have some people like that for lots of different reasons. You know, we're yeah. we're we're just looking at a statistic here that they're talking about that puts a thing in common, and and, yeah, a, and everything has something to do with everything else, probably. Well, you know what they all probably had in common. Uh huh. Hit it. Gun free zone. Right? <laughs> well, yep. Okay, that's exactly. another one. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. <laughs> that has um, nothing that has nothing to do with uh you know with a father in the home. Absolutely mm-hmm. nothing. I was reading I was reading an article on PBS mm-hmm. and they were talking about um it was a former ATF agent. Oh, I just so wish. Anyway, he was talking about how we need lower magazine capacity because that would help in these mass shootings and he starts going off about how he first became atf agent they had revolvers and that was enough and you know most and he just went on and on and i'm like excuse me but when you've gotten down to magazine capacity you well into being actively shot at bro um Mm -hmm. so let's solve a problem before we get there and he was like well we had when i was on the atf swat team we had uh, uh m16s but we were hunting the most dangerous uh, criminals in America. I'm like, yes, here's the thing. They were in America. They were the most dangerous criminals and you need an AR-15 to fight them. Guess where they lived? In America. Next door to us. Why can't we have an AR-15? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's just funny because his entire argument was that, you know, more bullets than the guns. And I'm like, as if they didn't, the worst mass shooting and the first mass shooting in this country took place in Camden, New Jersey, and a dude used revolvers. Mm-hmm. All right. That was the first one um, that we call a mass shooting in the day. Okay. Um, so, so it's bull crap. How's this? The guy has a gun and nobody else does. That makes mass shooting kind of damn easy. <laughs> yeah. It makes it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's just like an elitist type argument. You know, I mean, of course. Yeah. Typical. You know, people do lots of mass uh, destruction things with whatever they could possibly do it with. Right. Do we need to talk about how the planes got taken over on 9-11? I mean, mm-hmm. come on. You can talk about anything. Yeah. You can talk yeah. about Starlight what, fire that killed 200 and something people. You can talk about a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. You can talk about the gas attacks on the subways in Japan. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's a ridiculous argument, but 
And, and this is one of the things I talk to people about when you're having conversations, learn to actually make these arguments, not mm-hmm. just, you know, scream something from a bumper sticker, actually point out how what he said was ridiculous. And like you said, elitism mm-hmm. and just take your time. And, and then it's a conversation again with real people that, you know, mm-hmm. absolutely. All right. I don't know if you guys want to move on to uh, I've got another thing I want to pull up here. By the way, everyone in here, please smash the thumbs ups. Thank you very much. Okay, let's get into this. Um, if you guys have anything, you know, it's it's Friday. We could get into anything. Let me see. Where was my other? Uh, oh, okay. Been, uh, Go ahead. We've been rolling pretty good so far. Yeah. All right. So yeah. let's do this. Um, I also sent you guys this. I'll just throw it up. This was on, I think this was like on NBC or something like that. Feds intercept nearly 53,000 illegal Chinese gun parts. In Los Angeles. Sweet. <laughs> what was that? <clears throat> the rest of the contract from Leela Yi that he gave to the gangbangers out there? I don't know. I don't know. Man. So uh, Los Angeles, U.S. officials have intercepted and seized almost 53,000 illegal Chinese gun parts in three separate shipments at the port of uh, Los Angeles, Long Beach. The seized items include gun sights, stocks, muzzles, and other parts worth a total, total of more than $378,000. The parts were so basically, yeah. So basically what they're saying is they intercepted the Wish ship, right? The Wish.com ship is what they're, they're saying. <laughs> uh, hey, listen, your Amazon Prime order full of fake uh, Magpul. Uh, right. yeah. right. what, yeah. what a nothing burger that sounds major, right? You think that you're thinking yeah. like... You know, Connie Block, you know, D Mill oh. AR AKs or something, and it no, yeah, yeah, cheap parts. Yeah, side. yeah, hey, your knockoff Voltor ain't coming. Mm. Yeah, well, that is a big problem, right? We've got a lot of those parts uh, coming in here now, and that's a problem for gun manufacturers. There's yeah. a market. Yeah, the price wars. It's a problem for us too. Mm-hmm. When somebody's telling me that's a real aim point, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, so yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's I'm a, not a about that. Yeah, it says here the parts were intercepted in recent weeks, according to law enforcement sources. Sources, excuse me, familiar with the matter, and were packed in their own cargo containers on three separate ships, and were also carrying household items, apparels, toys, industrial machinery. Yeah, mm-hmm. China was just trying to sneak some stuff in. Yeah, just trying to make a buck. I think they do this Again. every day. Yeah, all comes back to money, right? <laughs> hey, I, I I know a couple guys that work in uh, one works in Port Elizabeth and. Uh, which is in Jersey, and the other one works in New York Port Authority. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, dude, the stuff that comes in because you don't understand. Most people don't understand the vastness mm-hmm. of large places like that bringing things in. And it was like, yes, of course, it's going to have the legal stuff coming in multiple yeah. times. Not unless you drive past there, man, on the one and nine or whatever, whatever it is out yeah. there, and see. <laughs> yeah, unless, <laughs> you're not. And see all those like, shipping containers. There's no way we could try. Do you want to know what's coming in in those shipping containers? Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff you will never know about. We have too much stuff coming into America. Understand this. The drugs we have come into America for every major city, over 200,000 people to have a drug problem, is more than people can stick up their tuchus and run across the border to the south of us. We have shipping containers of this stuff coming in from around the world. Mm-hmm. They don't create billionaires in South America in the Golden Triangle in Afghanistan, billionaires from illegal drug trade by what someone can smuggle in on a plane. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. stuff is coming in yeah. on supercargoes. Red Bear says yeah. Harbor Freight brand magazines. <laughs> uh, and then he goes on to say, not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of gun show bills just got put on yeah. hold. What gun guys here have used, because, uh, I mean, I, I buy parts. I buy, like, tools and stuff like that from Harbor Freight all the time. I, I don't care. All the time. Yeah. All the time. Yep. Yeah, I got no I, shame in my game. <laughs> Harbor Freight Northern Northern Tool is another. Good oh one. wow, you're really uppity. Northern Tool, oh, yeah. look at you. Yeah. Oh. Occasionally, Man, occasionally. You just high Usually, post. I can reach. Huh? I can reach and find something around here yeah. that I picked. Up. I think yeah. I picked up some Harbor Freight laser pointers. Yeah, laser pointers <laughs> slash ink pens. Okay, you know you've got money when you're going to like Cabela's or Gander Mountain to buy to buy. That's a baller. Oh, hell yeah. Right. That's a baller that goes there, man. I don't go to those places unless, I mean, if I cannot wait for something to get shipped from Amazon, <laughs> you know, and I have to get it, after I've gone everywhere else, I might look there, but I think I stopped doing that a long time ago. I will I will buy stuff local, you know, over ordering it online if it's, you know, I'm more apt to do it if it's a local shop, if it's a small place, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um yeah, you know, going to something like uh, yeah, you're right, a Gander or an Academy or mm-hmm. someplace like that, mm-hmm. uh, over getting it off of Amazon and getting it delivered to the door. Yeah, not necessarily, but yeah. you know, if it's like, well, it's going to be a little more expensive, three or four bucks, five bucks here, but you know, it's a local place, and mm-hmm. and we you know we got to keep regardless whether we're, I, I'm thinking more gun shop related, but yeah, um, yeah, any small businesses, I mean, you, you know, local businesses support them every time you can, man. That's the backbone, really the backbone of the country. Yeah. Um, if you can do Unless it. They suck. Yeah. Go ahead. Unless they suck. Yeah. My, my local businesses is, um, well, they're, I'm, yeah, that's true. This is yeah. true. I, I can, I can pee on this business from where I'm standing and I won't go to them anymore because of a couple of things that I saw and, and, and whatnot. Cause I hear people and I really say, yeah, if you could buy from a local dude, buy from a local dude, work with your local people because they're going to be there. Um, but sometimes if they suck, they suck. Walk away from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Richard Hughes says, uh, he gave us a couple of bucks. He says hard pass on law enforcement sauces. He doesn't like the idea of law enforcement sauces. He's against that. Um, yeah, listen, a lot of times you, they don't have specialized things and all that. And then, yeah, some of these guys are terrible. But, yeah, if, if there's a good guy out there, you know, he doesn't jack up his prices, he's he's a decent dude or whatever, definitely support him. Uh, do you guys want to get into guns before we run out of time? Do some let's guns, do it. Do some gun stuff. Let's talk about something. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's talk yeah. about who, yeah. who wants to go first. I don't know. What are we talking about? Yeah. Uh, okay. You know what? Forget it. I'll show what I have. First of all, I'm rocking the, the Babyface P shirt. I don't know if you guys have We've seen that. Yeah. Boom. There you go. Rocking that shirt. Uh, I've got some tactical pistols. We can have like a tactical pistol conversation. Huh. The I don't actually like carry any kind of tactical pistols, but I like having mm. them. You know, I like having them. So let's see. This one right here is a Glock, obviously. That's all tacked out with a light and, uh, you know. Red dot, all that kind of stuff. Suppressor on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. I love, I love being on with gun guys because all of us didn't have to move from in front of the camera to retrieve a firearm. I could actually, retrieve, I could actually retrieve about eight right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Okay, I'm just uh, Who wants to go next? Clover, you go next. You go next, Clover. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, you know, you say tactical. This is not really necessarily tactical, but for what it is, this is the uh, the little Colt, uh, Walther-built Colt 
Mm-hmm. 1911, 22. Yeah, the railgun. Oh, nice. Yeah, of course. I've I've added hood grips. Uh, oh, I like it's that. Got the thread thread adapter. I have not shot it suppressed, but looking forward to doing it. Mm-hmm. And then another one I got handy is my little North American Arms. Oh, nice. Uh, yes, like twenty two mags. So mm-hmm. uh, fits great in the pocket. Can't even find the. This is cool. Uh, let me yank my. This is actually this is called the. Uh, EDC Pocket Armor, a company called Pop-Off Leather makes these, mm-hmm. and it's got my pocket knife in it now. It's really great for keeping stuff from ripping your the liner in your pockets, but you can pull the pocket knife out, I found, and this little revolver, it makes a handy little... Uh, oh, cool, yeah, it covers sheath. up, yeah. Nice. little sheath even for this revolver. To and it's even, a, it's even a light holder as well, so you can have like a little tactical That's light. That's true. This is, this is actually for a marker. The way they've got it on their website and all that, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I mean you got to stretch it a little bit, but mm-hmm. you can put a little streamlight micros is what this is, something that size fits mm-hmm. in there perfect. Yeah, streamlight yeah. micros. Are yeah, just don't have an accidental discharge in there with your twenty-two magnums, man. They'll suck you right through. Long one of as your, you don't one of those windows. Long as right you there. don't. Uh, long as you don't uh, rack the hammer <laughs> back on that, one, you're good. <laughs> all right, cool. All right, what you got, Tony? I got my uh, dissipator only because, yes, I know there are other things. I got the uh, old school carrying handle A4. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, uh, this is from Matador Arms. They no longer make it, but this actually cut down on it's, it's, uh, the Sidewinder. I mean, it's not the Sidewinder. I forgot the name of it. They'll no longer make it anyway. But what it did was cut down on that blast from the compensator because mm-hmm. new shooters flinch easy. So I had this, I put this on and it sends just all the sound downrange. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was just pretty great at its job. Um, because I like the A2 handles, mm-hmm. but I wanted to put a light on fab defense sells one of these things. It just goes into the hold on that handguard. They work perfectly and they like $12 or even less. I waited till they were on sale. And then of course, Olight had their sale and I picked up this Olight flashlight holder and put my Streamlight HX1 in it. So it's really solid. Of course, it's firearms unloaded, but it's real close. It's right beside the front sight post. I mean, it works out really well. That's cool. By the way, our man in Axis says, hashtag Gorn. Um, Can you not have an adjustable stock in New Jersey? I cannot have an adjustable stock in New Jersey. Uh I had the short Leo stock on it, which was here, the entry stock. Mm It was too short for anybody else, but it was fun for me. So I put an A1 stock on from Brownells. That retro stock works out really great. Even though this is not my home defense firearm, it is just my one of my favorite rifle bills. And then I got tactical handgun before tactical was even a word. This is the, <laughs> the these are the uh, first CZ75. It's not even the B or the pre B. It's an actual CZ75 mm-hmm. cocked and locked. And then the old school way, decock it. Finger on the trigger, mm-hmm. pull the trigger, hold the hammer with your thumb. Yeah, Decock, now it's double action. Like a man. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so I took uh, took a Pincus class with this. Um, mm-hmm. And pretty much, if people don't know, a CZ-75 is pretty much a product-improved Browning high power. I mean, it's all the stuff they did to it, and that's why it's still around. That's why people still love it. It is a very, very, very accurate gun. I'm talking 25 yards, like eight, nine-round cluster. Of nine millimeter. Okay. Very accurate. And you've had that for a while, I'm guessing. Um, I picked that up while I was working the elections one time during the primary, and no one came in all day. Mm-hmm. I was online and saw it and was like, it's $230 for CZ75? Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So, so I smashed deal. that button on AIM Surplus, 
and my screen locked up, my phone locked up. Mm-hmm. I called them the next morning. I said, look, I ended this thing like twice. Did I buy two guns? They were like, you bought no guns. I guess your screen just froze. Mm-hmm. Like, we sold out. They said, we sold out. I'm like, oh. He was like, give me your number, though. And if anything comes up, we'll call you. Well, they were black. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The black uh, lacquer. Mm-hmm. This is Israeli police straight in. Mm-hmm. He said, well, I got two of them. One is nickel and one is black, uh, silver and, and black. Um, which one would you want? Because nobody bought those. We didn't even put them on the website. I said both. So I got them. Oh, you got two. two CZ- there you go. All right. <laughs> I got it for like four sixty. Okay. Two CZD75s. It is, dude, this is everything. Now you see why they have the legacy when you pick up something like this. Yeah, you're you're a deal hunter. You're a deal hunter there. I'm 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 a cheap bastard. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm, pound, pound, I'm pound for pound the thriftiest firearms instructor in America. <laughs> Brian Quick wants to know if you could put a law tactical folder on ARs in New Jersey. We're going to start wrapping up here because I know we're over nine o'clock. But that is a good question. Can you answer that one? Can you put the law tactical folder? No. Oh hell no. Oh. Uh, so law tactical folder actually work with me because you can put a law tactical folder on. Um, this thing that came out of Canada again from Matador Arms. It's called a saber tooth chassis for an SKS because the SKS doesn't have a detachable magazine, mm-hmm. and you so it didn't have all the features of an assault rifle. Mm-hmm. So I talked to Law Tactical at, at at the NRA show, not NRA show, the Harrisburg show, and I said, "Look, in Jersey, I can put it on this thing, and I can ever give it to me." They gave me one, okay. so I put it on. Give me one second. It's right here. Hold yeah. on. Let me and, show it. And then also, uh, Len Holt wants to know, does Tony like garlic hummus asking for a friend? I don't know <laughs> what that means. I mean, I know I know hummus, and I guess I All know right. about garlic hummus. I don't think Tony heard that. So, I'm yeah. The, about to switch this. Yeah. Oh. The other question for you, Tony, is do you like garlic hummus? So. I eat hummus, period. Whatever you give it to me. Oh, this okay. is the uh, saber-tooth chassis. Oh. Matador Arms and an SKS. Well, you go SKS. Yeah, okay. Bayonet, no detachable magazine. But what it gives me is pick rail, an adjustable stock because I can have it now because that was the only thing. I can't have it on any other gun in Jersey. Oh, okay. So on that gun, you can have an adjustable. Okay. Yep. All right. And, of course, the <laughs> Law Tactical folder. Oh, and you got the Law Tactical. Hold on. Let me. Uh, oh, okay. There you go. Okay. So you can do it with this gun. Yep, okay. only with this gun. Um, but it really made it just an FU New Jersey thing. Mm-hmm. Because somehow, you know, I can't have it on my AR, but I can have it on this. Mm-hmm. Because they said if you could have a folding stock, you can hide a gun. You can hide a rifle under your clothes right, and shoot right. it. Not even you could do that, my friend. Not even. <laughs> Not even. Right? No, this, right. this was a testimony from the New Jersey State Police Colonel in 1991 when they passed a lot of these stupid laws and it's like you know if you're walking into a place with an ak-47 it doesn't matter if the stock folds or not you're the only dude there with an (laughs) ak-47 it's like it it was all bullcrap and that's when people in jersey and people from the slave states as some people like to call them are so adamant and, and, and just so vitriol when it comes to Second Amendment rights because we see how they get taken. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people in the free states, some, some of them, some of the gun owners, just don't see it coming. I'm like, don't trust them. 
Red flag mm-hmm. laws is a bad idea. Anytime somebody's lips move and they want to test the Second Amendment, it's a bad idea. Yeah. Unless it's to get you more rights, they're looking at, for an angle to screw you out of your rights. 100%. There is no negotiating. There's yeah. no negotiating. Understand, if somebody walked up to you and told you their entire purpose was to cut all of your arms off, compromising doesn't mean we agreed to cut my freaking pinky off. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Okay, listen, right. we're going to we're going to start wrapping it up here. Um okay, Clover, I'm going to let you wrap this. I'm going to let you start the wrap up here since uh Tony just went. Uh can oh, you white boy, I can't rap. Uh you you can do I listen, there's plenty of white boys <laughs> rapping. There's G-Eazy, there's Eminem, there's little Zane, there's Eminem a whole bunch of people. Right. Yeah, there's a whole Eminem bunch of sounds familiar. I think I ate some of those at the movie theater. That there's a whole bunch uh, of little somethings. But here, before you do it, <laughs> before you do it, James Miller uh, wants to know if Clover did Clover mention what his favorite Billy Ocean song is. Uh, he says he asked Tony before, so I don't know if you have a favorite Billy Ocean song. Billy Ocean, I you know it's going to be. Whatever it's going to be, whatever anybody else probably most people's going to say is probably Caribbean Queen. But okay, there you yeah. go. Yeah, that's yeah. the standard. <laughs> yeah, okay. not a big, not a big Billy Ocean fan. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I said Love Zone, but all right. Oh, Love whatever. Zone. That's because you know you're you're, you're died in a wool Billy Ocean fan. That's how we know. <laughs> that's how we know. Bo in the house. Bo in the house. <laughs> oh boy. So okay, Clover. How can the folks? Uh, how can they support you? How can they reach out to you? Follow you on social media, etc. Oh, man, they can support me a bunch of ways. I'll take anything. You can send me food in the mail. I don't care. Uh, but, uh, yeah, hit up uh, clovertack.com. Everything's there on the site from the blog to all the – I'm on a bunch of different social media, all that stuff. So hit that up. And, um, yeah, in closing, I, you know, if you're looking for uh, ways to support, you can find all that on the website. So I'm not going to harp on that too much. But uh, I do want to mention that, uh, that 2A rally in Pennsylvania this weekend – so uh, get online, use the Googles, find out more about that if you're close, go. And then we were talking about gun rights policy conference earlier, so I do want to mention next Friday, uh, which we'll, we'll, you'll have to – I've got it spread out. I've actually got it from 4 to 8 Eastern. I'm going to do a live stream where we're going to bring in some people, hopefully, that are going to gun rights policy conference, hopefully some people that want to go, and kind of do a little awareness type uh, for our live stream, kind of to do it in telethon mode, more or less, expand it out. Um, so we'll, we'll obviously we'll cork part of uh, Hank Strange that night. But if you want to uh, watch Hank, just come in early, and then you can come over and finish up watching Hank. So uh, be, be looking for that on the channel next Friday. Okay, very cool, very cool. So Tony, uh, same same question out to you. Um, Kermit loves right. bacon. Says preach it. Uh, and uh, I am Gary K. Say so, says so nice to hear from someone. Uh, who's in an anti-gun state as bad as uh, California. I feel for you, Tony. Um, how can the folks out there support you, follow you on social media, all of that? All right. The easiest way you can uh, support us is just go to diversityshoot.com. We have the links to everything from Patreon uh, to uh, GoFundMe to our um, PayPal page. You can also pick up cool shirts like uh, Gun Control Equals Racism. You can pick it up on 1022 Clothing. It's like 5'11", but for dudes, twice as big. So 1020clothing.us. We okay, go all the way up to I get it six. now. I get it. All right. 1022. Yeah, we go all the way up to size six. Yeah, uh-huh. we go up to 6X, baby. Um, Damn. Yeah, I ain't playing. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else? Um, 
You can listen to our podcast, 2A4E Podcast, on your favorite podcast app. You can see us on Facebook at Simon Says Train or The Second Is For Everyone. And, of course, I'm on Instagram at Simon Says Train. Get in on this thing right now. Become a Patreon of ours. And I know this is not – this is your mortal enemy, but the Yankee mm-hmm. Marshal actually has said for a $20 and above a donator on Patreon, he's going to buy them a, P, a CZ P10. So if you're one of my guys that joins up in the month of August or you're already a $20 and uh, above a pa- patron – You'll have a chance to win that. I will not put that on Patreon. I will not link that to Patreon because they will get rid of my account. So I'm yeah, I was going to say that's I'm, probably not going to. That's probably yeah. Not, yeah that's. Yeah, there's, uh, there's I know there's nothing. some issues with that going on right now. I think the Gun hey, Collective uh, uh, is running exactly. into some issues with that. Unfortunately, um, my based on my that Patreon page is empty. My Patreon page is empty. There's nothing. There's no levels. Anything. Mm-hmm. If you want to get in on it, twenty dollars and above. Um, somebody's going to get in on that. Outside of that, nothing ever goes up there, man. And what okay. you do when you donate to that is actually help us run diversity shoots. Um, the funding is really important. Again, like I said, um, it's not about me getting free guns because just the hotel and the gas and the car rental alone, I could buy pretty much any gun out there on the market. Mm-hmm. It's it's about getting out there and making this thing grow and getting guns in the hands of people and, and busting up this stereotype that they're trying to push that every gun owner is a redneck piece of crap that hates all people with, oh, who's not a redneck piece of crap. And that's a lie. Mm-hmm. And we got to make this grow. And it really is going to have to take root in places behind enemy lines like New Jersey, New York, California. And that's what I'm pushing here. And I'm trying to grow this by the end of the year. I will be a 501c3 because I got a bunch of people behind me now that are actually talking about funding that move. Okay, so very cool. That, so, um, yep, diversityshoot.com if you want to help me out. That's right. your one-stop shopping. All right, awesome. Yeah, so I'm, I'm wrapping it up now. We're going we're gonna to end it here. Uh, let me actually throw the end in here. Boom. I'm going to throw the end in before I forget. Thanks for everyone for hanging out with us this week. Make sure you smash the subscribe button. Ring the bell so you can be notified when we go live. Make sure you follow these guys. CloverTac, thanks for coming in. Thanks so much to Tony Simon from Simon Says Train. Make sure you follow these guys on social media and uh, participate in the different things that they have going on. Thanks to everyone out there. Be safe. Smash the thumbs ups. There's still some people in here. Smash the thumbs ups if you if you want to, you know, or or now, <laughs> whatever. We're out of here. Any last words, guys? Before I hit the button, I'm about to hit it. About to hit it. Okay. Have a great weekend. We'll see you guys. Peace. Bye bye.